0: sports talk daily with andrew hustler patterson and michael remus
1: hey what's going on everyone happy friday and welcome to winnipeg sports talk daily all-star break in the national hockey league is here and we figured it'd be a perfect time to catch up with my old friend and sometimes nemesis gary lawless today g will join us from vegas in a few minutes We're also going to take a trip out to the Scotties in Thunder Bay. Our guy Reed Carruthers doing a little very busy time for Reed. Reed is coaching the Kerry Anderson team who's been rolling through the round Robin 8-0 heading into the playoffs beginning tonight and uh, also getting ready for the Viterra Men's Championship along with Mike McEwen and his team next week. So uh, we'll uh, have a quick chat with Reed out in Thunder Bay and set up the weekend with the uh, Scotties and of course great performances by some of our Manitoba teams. And then we'll get into more Jets at the All-Star Break conversation Friday. That means Kenny Weeb is going to join us on the program. Um, lots going on around the National Football League as well. Friday, we figured we'd bring Hacksaw back for some updates on some new coaches. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, the uh, OC for the Rams, expected to be named the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we'll talk about that. And of course, the Brian Flores lawsuit. Can't wait to hear Hacksaw's takes on that. Um, and all before 3 o'clock. If you're watching with us live on YouTube, we'll finish it up with a big marble race with another great prize, courtesy of our friends over at Canadian Club Whiskey. Uh, Big shout-out to everyone joining us on YouTube, listening on the podcast as well. For you podcast listeners, if you do ever have the opportunity to... Uh, Go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a little review. Certainly helps us expand the channel. And obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, help the boys out. Make sure you hit that red subscribe button and give us a thumbs up or a like for today's episode. And we always appreciate your comments in the chat as well as on the YouTube replay. Um, A big thank you to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day. We're not here without their support. So if you have the opportunity to support them, we always appreciate it. F Apparel, Vita Health Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. Uh, A packed show is upon us. Let's get Remus in here to get things going. Remo, what's going on? You ready for the weekend or what?
2: Happy Friday. Yeah, I'm super fired up. We got uh NHL All-Star Skills competition tonight. Kyle Connor and Fastest Skater. Uh we just got the intro music too. He's gonna be skating out to uh, Rob Zombie, which uh I didn't know uh Kyle Connor was a Rob Zombie guy, but I'm here for it. I'm I'm pumped for that. So exciting stuff right there. Um he's doing the media rounds, looking good in the jersey. Shout out to the Jets, social media, keeping keeping us updated. But yeah, busy uh, Olympics are underway as well, but no hockey, you no NHL hockey for this couple of days. Uh, so uh, there's lots to get to, hus actually, even though the Jets aren't playing.
1: there is, and of course, the Olympics are officially underway. Um, we're going to get Ted on the program next week, and you know this is the big issue is trying to figure out. How we get Ted on with a, what, a 13 or 14 hour difference between Beijing? But we are working on that. We'll hopefully have Ted at least once, if not a couple times from Beijing. I believe he was going to take in the, Olymp- the opening ceremonies last night. So the Beijing games are officially underway. The mixed curling had already started. Um, I really love the mixed. I mean, uh, I'm a curling fan. I don't really play it, but I certainly love watching it on television. And I had never really seen the mixed before last Olympics um and really was mesmerized by it. It's very fast paced. The games aren't very long. The ends are the uh, the ends are shorter uh, and it's a very unique game. So it's been fun to see uh, Rachel Holman and John Morris play so far this week. Uh they had a big win over the host Chinese yesterday and they're now at 3 and 1. And then uh, I believe they uh, then finished up their match and went out and uh, took part in the opening ceremony. So Beijing's on uh Canada and Finland are going at it in women's hockey tonight. Um, that should be a good matchup and a bigger test than they had against the Swiss so far. Uh, and we saw some figure skating last night. Remo, it's not one of my favorite sports to watch, although I know it probably is the most popular sport when it comes to television viewing for the Olympics, but it should be a good weekend. We can get into a number of different sports with the NHL on ice, regular season on ice for a few days. And of course, skills competition and the three on three game tomorrow. Oh yeah, and I sorry people are asking in the chat what was Kyle
2: Connor's song choice. It was uh, "Feel So Numb" by Rob Zombie, which we mentioned Rob Zombie. And Mitch Clinton asked Kyle Connor that uh, it's from the video game NHL Hits 2003, which he played a lot growing up. Great game. I actually just sold my copy on, on eBay a couple weeks ago. No joke. But um, Let, yeah, again, I, I yeah, it sold on eBay. That's right. Uh, uh, lots going on. In uh, the sporting, I guess I haven't really started for the Olympics. Has, um, you know, usually I'm all fired up. Maybe because we got all turned off once the NHL players, you know, that didn't go through. May, or maybe because the opening ceremonies hasn't started yet. It was like this morning. It'll be airing tonight on the primetime show. It's very hard for me to get fired up. You know, the pre-Olympic stuff before the opening ceremonies. I'm not unsure about the timing, the timing there. So I'll have to tune in. I've seen some stuff, videos on Instagram. Uh, Thankfully, they have it on tape today in the primetime show, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I will say this, the CBC Olympics uh, format um, for the broadcast is awesome. Um, You know, I didn't want to wait to watch the Holman Morris rink, so I I fired it up on the computer last night. And, um, you know, so much live coverage of so many events right now. Um, You know, just if it's not on the television, it'll probably be available on streaming. So go to get that puck handler. Just dropped a question in the chat about the curling. Hey, I was wondering, did anyone suffer that bad beat on Team Manitoba versus Team Canada Canada yesterday? Hus catching 2.5 points, being up 5-0 and losing by three. That was a crazy game. Um, They had a five spot in the second end and looked like they, and it was such an important game for the Zacharias rink. They needed to win to avoid a tiebreaker. Um, but there's a reason why the Anderson rink is the back to back Canadian champions and looking for a three peat, a little bomber esque, if you will. Um, they ended up scoring four and coming back and only allowing one more run, uh, one more run, one more point for the rest of the matchup and uh, ended up finishing at 10 and 7. Which sucked because that meant that Mackenzie Zacharias had to go up against Carrie Galusha this morning in a tiebreaker match, and unfortunately, the Zacharias rink was ousted and bounced from the tournament. But those young women have such a bright future. We'll talk to that with uh, about that with Reed Carruthers in Thunder Bay in a little while. Um, disappointing end to the tournament. They did hit the over four and a half though for any of you that backed them early on for the uh, the win total, but it was disappointing. I mean, I didn't have the rock line puck handler. I did, though, have a plus 111 bet on them to qualify for the playoffs that didn't happen. Uh, but Remo, our Tracy Flurry rink to finish top three at plus 171 is looking pretty darn good with Flurry back in the fold after Selena Govan was so good filling in at skip over the course of the week for Flurry. And uh, as I said, we'll talk about this more with Reed coming up. But the Anderson rink, 8-0, first place on the one group. flurry rink. Seven and one, losing their first match and then running seven and oh, um, I have a feeling we're going to see not one, but maybe two matchups between these top two Manitoba teams in the page playoff and then hopefully in Sunday's final and keeping that Canadian championship right here in the uh, province of curling. Yeah, Manitoba women's curling, absolutely uh,
2: dominant. You got Jen Jones at the Olympics as well. So uh, we are tuned in. Uh, to the Scotties, and yes, you and I did uh, put a little bet on Tracy Flurry to finish top three. Got to take advantage of well, uh, those odds, huh? So you're getting me in the curling here. Well, the only thing
1: was we jumped on that without knowing that Tracy Flurry had COVID. Yeah. So <laughs> at we, that point, we're like, oh, now we know why we were getting such a crazy number on them. That being said, it's all worked out, and uh, uh, essentially, they would need to if they win tonight. It's it's somewhat confusing. There's an extra game for the playoffs. Uh, their playoff games happening right now. And then the flurry rink and the Anderson rink will play tonight at 6 p.m. our time and a win puts them into the one two game. Um, so anyways, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out and we'll talk to uh, our guy, Reed Carruthers, who's coaching the Anderson team coming up a little later on. Remote. while we're talking with this, can we just go back to this list of music for the teams, uh, for the NHL players? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because yes, Kyle Connors at the top of the list with Feels So Numb by Rob Zombie. Here's some of the other interesting choices. Adrian Kempe, uh, you know, he can DJ my party. He's going with Forgot About Dre by Dr. Dre and Mm -hmm. Eminem and Rosa Parks by Outkast. Evgeny Kuznetsov, Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. I have to admit, I'm not familiar with that one. No, I don't know. I don't know that
2: one. I think Kempe is getting ready for the Super Bowl in LA um, next week because uh, Doctor J will be at the halftime show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jordan Cairo, uh loud luxury. He, I think that Jordan Kyrie must be a club guy. EDM yeah, I th- guy. i guy. Think that's some uh, that's some I, dancing dance music. I was I was curious how many guys you
2: know you'd have you have country guy here Jack Campbell with uh, Zach Brown band that that's country right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's like technically, be, like yeah. But then you got classic rock guy, Vasilevsky with Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. I mean, these aren't, these are like pretty young guys. And then, yeah, Kyle Connor had a Rob Zombie tune, but uh, Tristan Jari, I think he's going with the Penguins theme song here. Hey, black that's and That's a good
1: Pittsburgh guy. Even yeah. If you're going to you rep the Berg, you got to drop Wiz Khalifa Black and Yellow. Mm-hmm. That'll, be, uh, that'll be his music on the Save Street. Uh, yeah. Mac Miller, very popular amongst NHL goalies. Uh, UC Saros is going to play the late rappers Knock Knock. As along with Post Malone's Candy Paint. And Thatcher Demsco, also with a Mac Miller track, Blue oh, wow. World. Um, I'm not familiar with SoFi Tucker. Uh, that is the artist of John Gibson. And uh, Cam Talbot, another club guy. He's going with The Business by Tiesto. There you go. Adam, P- Adam Pellick
2: may be my new favorite uh, defenseman with Can't Stop by Red Hot Chili Peppers. There, there you go. And they just actually had a new song uh, come out on Spotify. Uh, today, Probably they're, they're sucked, back. Didn't they're it? back. No, they got John Fushante back there. They're going on a global tour.
1: I'm pumped for that. You know, we've got a lot of takes on this program about sports. Here's a music take. Yeah. The most overrated band of the last no, 20 years, Red no, Hot Chili Peppers. No, How do no. you feel about that, Remus? Incorrect. Yeah, well, Under the, the Bridge... Under the Bridge was an assault on our ears, and um, I have no idea why that damn song got played over and over and over again on the radio. Oh, you, but... said,
2: tw- you said 20 years. That song came out in 1991,
1: huh? Okay. It's, t- it's, well,
2: 20- it's 2022. 20- I didn't realize b- how believe old they are. Not. They've been overrated for 30 years. How's that? <laughs> believe it or not, 20 years ago is now uh, 2002. I know. I know it's, it's <laughs> that I, is crazy. I know that's
1: <laughs> good. Um, okay, enough of dissing of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I'm please. sure I'm going to feel some heat in there. Um, Tom Wilson, another club guy. Boom by Tiesto and Seven. Uh, Timo Meyer, Maria. We've lost dancing by Fred again, featuring the Blessed Madonna. No clue. Um, yeah, Victor Hedman, probably some sort of Euro pop. How about Alex Debrincat, who let the dogs out? <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a joke right <laughs> there's no way that's that's real that's for sure a joke Come well uh, that's i'm just reading what it says and shout out to yeah. sean Shapiro for tweeting all of this out trevor zegris in yeah. the uh, breakaway trick shot is going with tricky by run yeah, dmc that's a good song. excellent excellent patrice bergeron's showing his age a little bit by dropping your love by the outfield uh and how about jake gensel milkshake by Kellis?
2: what i don't know i don't know that one of Maybe you. I've heard it. I'm sure I've heard My it. My
1: milkshake brings all the oh, boys to the that's yard. Of course, course that? you know that one. I, I
2: didn't know. Yeah, I do know that one. Sorry. <laughs> the, I didn't know the, the, who actually sang that. So
1: Johnny there Gaudreau, go. good Calgary guy, supporting the country music industry with a Ke- Kenny Chesney drop. And uh, Clayton Keller's got What's Poppin' from Jack Carlo. And Rasmus Dalene with a little ASAP Rocky. So uh, there you are. There's a little bit of a musical preview to mm-hmm. what you'll be hearing tonight. When we get to the, uh, the NHL skills competition, we never touched
2: on um, Ovechkin. Uh, he didn't go and Tom Wilson replaced him. You think Tom Wilson
1: were the all-star? What do you think? Well, I mean, listen, this is all part of the fact that every team needs to be represented. I mean, you know, if you agree, if you don't agree with that, then you're never going to agree with the replacements. Um, you know, probably not. I mean, certainly, you know, if you were just putting legitimate all-stars from around the league, I don't think Tom Wilson is a guy. That being said, come playoff time, he's a guy you definitely want on your team. So, uh, um, so anyways, we'll talk mm-hmm. more about this with Gary coming up in just a couple minutes. Remo, we should talk right off the bat uh, about a couple Bomber uh, Bomber notes. Yes, um, and Paul Friesen has been all over the Bombers' free agency so far from the Winnipeg Sun, and um, you know he wrote that you know with no real contacts between the Bombers and Andrew Harris. Um he is sort of speculating that you know maybe there's no room for Andrew Harris with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this year at least at the salary that he would normally command for a player of his tenure and his production um and I know I'm just seeing online that's a, that's a tough conversation to have for a lot of Blue Bomber fans because of how important Andrew Harris has been to this football club but I have to admit I wasn't expecting Johnny Augustine back because of just how crowded it was going to be um, and the fact that he got a two-year deal, I think, maybe told us that the writing could be on the wall for Andrew Harris, which would be disappointing to a ton of Blue Bomber fans. I maintain that he is the most impactful free agent signing in the history of this club. Um, you know, no matter what happens going forward, he's a Bomber legend in this city for life. Um, but I certainly hope that if there is not a spot... Anyways, we talked about this before. I mean, the thought of Andrew Harris playing in another uniform turns the stomachs of Blue Bomber fans. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm seeing
2: a lot of people, you know, on social media, you know, we posted the story. It's getting a lot of the sad emoji on our Facebook page and, you know, seeing people on you want them. But I think, you know, you look at a team and I think it, it makes sense to, you know, if he's going to command the salary that he was at before. I mean, you have Augustine now on a two year deal. He's back. It sounds like they're talking about Brady Oliveira and Paul Friesen references in this article that Kyle Walters spoke a couple weeks ago that it was going to be difficult to bring back all three of those guys. And it sounds like, you know, they, Augustine's back, Vera. they're talking. No contact with Andrew Harris. So I think we have to be prepared as to that. Andrew Harris is, you know, we could have played his last game with the Bombers in the Grey Cup. And it seems like they're on their way to, he's on the way to not being a bomber as As Friesen says in the article, Andrew Harris era likely over in Winnipeg. And that is, that is very sad. Um, to think, but you know, you, sometimes you have to make tough decisions as an organization. And I think they've got other guy, you know other running backs who are able to do the job. And you know, d- well, it's gonna be it's gonna be painful, huh? Big shoes what to be, fill, man. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's one yeah. thing. It's you know, we all said, oh, listen, Brady Oliveira had that one great game. I mean, Donnie Augustine had a seven point one average. I mean, they they both stepped up when they did it, but it's very different from popping in for a couple games in spot duty than being a horse for 18 games, which is what Andrew Harris has been up until last season. And again, I don't know the details. I don't know whether we ever really will about him coming into camp, the amount of time that he was off, the time he missed last season during the year and why that happened and how that may affect the decision right now. All I can tell you that Andrew Harris is one of the great bombers of all time. He's a hometown guy. He has been uh, a heart and soul member of this team and a huge reason why we're talking about a team that's won back-to-back great cups and um regardless of how this ends up i know that bomber fans will be eternally grateful for him coming here and the change that he helped start here on the football field and i imagine that sentiment is felt by everybody in the winnipeg blue bomber organization interesting tweet from darvin adams as well today Reem. someone uh bomber fan tweeting at darvin saying hey we need you back we got to get you signed and kind of did the uh the uh, hands up emoji, like not sureing what's happened. I mean, that's a that's another guy whose production was down the last couple of years, but I think a big part of it was because of where the team was. Certainly, the quarterback situation in 2019, and when the bombers needed big catches come playoff time, Darvin Adams was there.
2: Yeah, and I was kind of I agree. I was kind of down on him during the year. I mean, he had got passed um, by Kenny Lawler as the number one receiver on the team, and Kenny Lawler sounds like he's going to be taking some big money from. Um, I don't maybe BC or we'll we'll see about that, but uh, I agree. He showed up in the big games. He made the big catches um, in the Grey Cup as well. So um, that's tough. I don't know. I think you got to find someone to replace him too because you have Dembski, He signed. Uh, Rashid Bailey brought back and Drew Baltarski. Who's going to be the other big dog? I was looking at the receivers on the list. Did like you bring in Brandon Banks, uh, Dorel Walker, Duke Williams? um Ellingson I'm, Ellingson yeah I'm not sure what you do so there are some you know good receivers available but um we'll have to wait and see what happens I believe it's Monday uh, free agency opens um
1: yeah busy week re- next week in the Canadian football league and by the way if you missed yesterday's show uh do us a favor go back to the YouTube or the podcast YouTube maybe would be the best for this because we had Rashid Bailey on and honestly, we've had the privilege of you know interviewing hundreds of people, thousands of people on this show, on our old show. That was one of the most fun interviews. And Rashid Bailey is such a unique dude. The energy and passion he brings to everything, including just jumping on with us yesterday on Sports Talk Winnipeg, um, had a lot of people talking. Amazing feedback on it. If you're a Bomber fan, you're definitely going to want to watch that from yesterday's episode of Winnipeg Sports Talk. So we are going to oh. Ken's coming on early. Yeah, I I um oh. I think I texted him like a Monday.
2: I said 125, so we can do the other ones after.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll change this up a little bit. So this is how it's going to work. Ken Weeb's going to join us in just a few minutes. Um, and then afterwards we'll go to Vegas. We'll go to talk to Gary. We'll go to Thunder Bay to talk to Reed. And then we'll finish it up with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton before we get the marbles going. And again, if you're not familiar with the marble race, uh, make sure to stick around towards the end of the program. Make sure you've subscribed to the channel. Press that red button. Make sure you've given the thumbs up. Um, We'll have an opportunity for everyone to uh, put the prompt in, get in the race. Everyone will get a marble and the winner will receive. A Winnipeg Sports Talk co-branded hoodie with our friends over at Canadian Club Whiskey. Um, So all of that's coming up. Listen, one other thing, Remo, we're going to be so packed later on the program, we're not really going to get a chance to get to this. Uh, But before Ken comes on, this will be a a perfect thing to talk about. Uh, A very interesting tweet involving some sports data. And I'm not sure how Uh, they did this. Sports Handle put this up. They looked up the most searched NHL team in every country in the world. And um, where the Winnipeg Jets are the most searched team is going to probably shock many listeners. Three countries in the world have the Winnipeg Jets as the most searched NHL team. One is Bolivia in South America. The other is Paraguay and the other hotbed of international Winnipeg Jets fandom, none other than Libya. Um, you could have probably given me a hundred guesses as to where the Jets would have been the number one team. And I'm not sure I would have gotten any of those three countries in my first 100.
2: Yeah. I'm, you asked me and I started listening. I said like Finland as my guess and some others. Um, I don't know. Are there a lot of, I guess, Costa Rica? Maybe there's some Winnipeggers going going down there. I'm trying to think, like, what's the connection? Like, why would they do that? I mean, I'm looking at the map. Russia, number one search team is Washington, which makes a lot of sense to me. I'm going to have to go through this list. Like, I see Tampa Bay taking over a number of countries in Africa. I don't. Understand. You know what?
1: They're new fans. They're new fans. They've just, you know, sort of been watching the last couple of years. Tampa Bay's been the champions, so they've been uh, they've been looking in. The, the The Winnipeg connection to to Libya is interesting, though. I'm pretty sure this dates back to their former leader Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi was a big, big Jets guy in uh, the Jets 1.0 days, uh, and unfortunately, for Gaddafi, was in fact assassinated less than two weeks into the 2011 season when the Jets had returned. Uh, but that legacy of jet support from the former leader of Libya obviously continues on today. And if you're ever in Tripoli, I believe there's a bar called Duckies. They show all the jet games. And again, this goes back to uh, the uh, the long history of support of Libyans. To the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Now we've got Ken coming on. I really should just go grab my Eli Manning jersey for this next uh, for this next interview in a a moment. (laughs) Uh, But uh, before I do that, a big shout out. uh, You know, there's looking good. There's feeling good. Ken Weeb's looking good. Not sure about his choice of attire today on the program. I kid. Uh, But if you are looking, want to look great for the upcoming year, whether it's for a formal occasion, a grad, a wedding, or more, F Apparel. Our friends down at one ninety smith street is the place to go winnipeg's number one spot for custom-made menswear including suits casual chinos dress shirts untucked dress shirts and more And, of course, they are the go-to guys for weddings. Um, We're going to have a lot of weddings coming up. There's been a number that have been put off the last couple of years. And whether you're in a wedding party or just an attendee, you're going to need at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits begin at $399. Uh, If you're in a wedding party, there's no point in renting a suit for three bills from a big-box store that doesn't fit. You have to return it at the end of the weekend. Um, Start it off at F Apparel. Get something you can wear throughout the the summer and for so many other events and of course wedding parties get 15 percent off their purchase when they order a sh- suit shirt and tie find out more get ready for the summer and all the big events F apparel talk to them online feph apparel.com or see them down at 190 smith street uh it's heart month and every month should be heart month to be honest with you especially as we get a little older you want to uh, be around as long as possible um and the heart's a big part of that um we're talking about things to help your heart vitafell health fresh market is the place to go you can stock up on your heart healthy supplements and foods at vita health and also enjoy great prices on winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements beauty products, and groceries, not to mention delicious lunch options with Market salads, soups, and sandwiches ready to go at all of these seven Winnipeg locations. And if you can't make it into the store, visit the website at myvita.ca to shop online or schedule delivery at with Instacart. Uh, you can join the exclusive Vita VIP list. Just text Vita VIP to one 630 1970 to receive special offers all year long. And you'll be entered to win a $100 Vita Health gift card. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, it's Vita Health Fresh Market and online at myvita.ca. And of course, we mentioned Heart Month. Um, you know, when it comes to personal health, it all starts with being hydrated and drinking enough water. And Culligan Water has been the water experts in Winnipeg and Manitoba, family owned for over 65 years. Um, they've got it all for your family or your business water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers home systems, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Visit them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give them a call at six, nine, four 5180, or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. All right. Let's welcome in, uh, on the all-star break himself. I, I missed the weekly Kenny and Rennie show yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to that, but, uh, <laughs> let's, let's bring Ken weave in to the program. Uh, celebrating the great career of one Tom Brady. Ni- nice jersey, nice jersey. That that's an appropriate Friday afternoon jersey Friday on the program.
3: Well, Huss, I know you there's been a lot of wake-ups dropped uh, this week on your show already, so I thought I would try to brighten the mood with a little uh TV12 tribute to the goat there. So, uh as you know, I've been fortunate enough to see him live a couple of times. Uh, in minneapolis and i also saw one of his worst performances uh in losing to the baltimore ravens uh, one year when the jets were in boston for a trip i was uh, side to side with mike uh, zeisberger my uh, former post media colleague and i had to write the sidebar of uh, of my favorite football player i think he had three or four picks that uh gloomy afternoon in foxborough but love uh, that well, game yes i know you did i know <laughs> you did uh it was it, what a career and uh, like i said i, I we both love sports. We've been to tons of great events and to be able to see uh, some of the greatest performers of all time has been really uh, you know, a lot of fun for us to be in certain different buildings. Uh, fortunate, feel fortunate to have seen Tom Brady. I have not did not see Michael Jordan and that's one of my regrets, but uh, fortunate to see Brady uh, play a few times live and man, oh man, what a, what a showing he had. And I know you were tra- dropping the curling uh, knowledge earlier uh, Hus, before I get, before I forget, Big salute to the uh, to the rink from my hometown of Eltona. Uh, awesome job this week uh, by the Zacharias uh, crew there. Uh, little known fact: uh, the coach Sheldon Zacharias and his wife Andrea, classmates, uh, 1993 class of uh, class of 1993 WC Miller Collegiate. Uh, great people and. Uh, It was great to see them waving the flag both for the province of Manitoba and for the town of Eltona this week at the Scotties. I know it was a tough loss yesterday to Kerry Einerson, but uh, that'll be one of those that you file in the memory bank, Huss, for uh, future future. Uh, events, uh, you know, great showing though during the week, and you know, again, it's always proud when you hear your hometown uh, mentioned on those national broadcasts.
1: Well, I mean, in the Zacharias rink I mean, these young women are, are so talented. Um, and you know, listen to win Manitoba at that yeah. age. I mean, this is, I mean, there's three Manitoba teams in the province. Obviously, the Anderson team was already in on account of being Team Canada. Uh, you got the number one ranked team in the world, and Tracy Fleury, yeah. and that. There they are. And and you know what? It it sucked. I mean, they had that five spot. It was there for the taking. There were some lessons learned in that match as well, but they've got a long career ahead of them. And um, trust me, we'll be spending a lot of time on this program in years to come talking about more victories for Manitoba involving the next team up, and that is the Zacharias rink. That being said, Fleury, um, Einerson, both winning their groups. We're going to touch base with Reed Carruthers in Thunder Bay a little bit later on. Um, all right, Reber, let's get to it. Um, Jets at the All-Star break. Um, man, what a disappointing game on Tuesday night to finish up. You thought maybe, I mean, I thought it was imperative that they built off that St. Louis game, even though there was about to be another, you um, know, week off before a, a very, very busy month of February. And um, that was not the performance that Dave Lowry was looking for from his hockey club, was it?
3: No, that was the old proverbial air out of the balloon type of scenario. You know, the the thing about the Jets, they've been so inconsistent and so wildly. So that you think that leading into Saturday's game against the blues, you thought they were, they were in big time trouble. Uh, Then they pull out one of their best performances of the year, only to follow it up with the proverbial two steps backwards uh, in losing to a Philadelphia Flyers team that had dropped 13 of the previous 14. So uh, you know, all the cliches are out now, Hus. The old soul-searching time. I mean, we know that most players got away from the arena, try to refresh and get rejuvenated. But man, oh man, that that is an awfully big stumble to go into the break on, and it only made the task uh, all that more challenging. You know, uh, here was a team that looked to maybe have a chance to be still within striking distance. Instead. Uh, the out-of-town scoreboard was not kind to the Jets either, Hus. And all of a sudden, they're staring at a nine-point deficit uh, with basically five teams you have to pass in order to get into that second wild-card spot. Uh, very disappointing effort. Uh, I mean, again, we, you broke it down all week long, but uh, this was not a singular individual. But if you don't, if you only score one time against the Philadelphia Flyers right now, Hus, uh, a team does not deserve to win. It's quite, it's quite simple.
1: What, uh, what did you think of what Paul Stastny had to say after the game? Um, You know, I I was sort of taken aback and, you know, he is the conscience of this team and, you know, it sort of seems like, you know, unfortunately for Paul, he's the one that's getting asked for and getting rolled out when the hard truths need to be said. Um, His parting shot, if you would say at the club um, with some guys not showing up for games, I think was, was really telling about, um, you know where this team's at and um, their predicament heading into forty games in eighty-one days. Really, with their playoff hopes on the line in game number
3: one. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, for me, as a media member, you love Paul Stastny's honesty. Uh, it's something that he has, you know, been known for throughout both of his tenures here with the Jets. And he was also one of the one of the visiting players reporters looked forward to talking to as well in his previous stops. You know, specifically St. Louis. Uh, In the division, obviously in Colorado as well, and Vegas when he returned, I don't think it was a direct shot at the bow. I know you know we're always looking to read between the lines. Uh, For me, we know that Mark Shifley has been under the spotlight this week. I don't think it was a direct shot at him. I think it was more reinforcing what we've been talking about for the last uh, several months that the team is just too inconsistent. There are far too many nights when there's only one line, maybe two going. Uh, I think that was more of a collective um, statement from Paul Stastny and. But again, we, we've talked about this. You talked about it with Mike and with Murad also. I mean, Mark Scheifele, and, and I wrote it. I mean, and you know you know this. The reason why I wrote it was important for Mark Scheifele to be his best self when he returns is because of his ability to impact the game. Uh, and right now we're not seeing that impact uh, as regularly or frequently as we've seen uh, throughout his tenure with the Winnipeg Jets to this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I you know, part of being a number one center um for this long is that it comes like with the territory everyone's yeah. loving you when things are going well you get tons of opportunity you're scoring but when things don't go well um you know you look to your leaders you look to your big players to sort of step up and you know there's been some other guys that have done that at times um but it hasn't often enough been uh been 55 and the bottom line is and i've said this a couple times and i don't want to belabor the point Um, If we if we are to be talking about a Winnipeg Jets team that somehow picks themselves up off the mat and gets back into even contention for the playoffs and have meaningful games in the month of March and into April, it doesn't happen without Mark Scheifele significantly raising his game in the second half of the season.
3: Yeah, bang on it. And that's not to say he needs to do it by himself, because in fact, it's the opposite. He can't do it by himself. Uh, he needs to be a big part of the solution, though, Huss, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing with Mark Shifley. When you're one of the players with the most ice time and most responsibility, uh, you know, there is a great responsibility that is attached to that. So, and that's the other part that, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't going to go crazy and, you know, try to point the finger at Mark Shifley either, but you're right. If this team gets back into it, it will be because Mark Shifley has a big hand in it and then he gets back to being that point-per-game productive player you see his effort level increase in both ends, and I think that's the biggest thing that has stood out. The sort of there have been times where the engagement level is not at the requisite level right now for Mark Scheifele, and we all know this, right? Hus, the COVID fatigue is a real thing. Uh, we don't know the full impact of COVID even for those players who uh, didn't have many symptoms. There are a lot of things going on in a lot of people's lives that we are unfamiliar with. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Mark Shifley is one of the most important players on this Winnipeg Jets roster. And he needs to perform at that level for this team to have a chance. I mean, it's the same way was when we were talking about Connor Hellebuck a week earlier. I mean, it wasn't to say that Connor Hellebuck suddenly isn't a, isn't a good goaltender. He just isn't playing at that superhuman level that we've seen previously. And, That same thing applies to Connor Hellebuck that applies to Mark Shifley. If this team is going to make any noise, and like you said, even get themselves back into striking distance of contention, Connor Hellebuck needs to play at a higher level than he played at in the first half of the year. That's a simple fact. That's not to say it's his fault. The Jets are where they're at either, because it's not. But he has to be part of the solution in order for this team to get back to the levels of expectation that was expected of them going into this year. It's not just, and this is not a media creation, Huss this is not a Winnipeg media overvaluing the Winnipeg jets folks in all markets saw the jets improvement. And you know, this better than anybody, you guys flew the off season banner, right? Because of the off-season moves that chefs. were made, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's so interesting and fascinating to me and I get it. I mean, if folks, this is not a sunshine and rainbows segment either, but I mean, the folks saying the season's over, well, there are 80 points available. So the season is not over for the Winnipeg jets. Unless they continue to play in the second half the way they did in the first half, which was wildly inconsistent and not putting the type of stretches together that are required to go on a run beyond four games or to win eight out of 10. Uh, And this is, like I said, I'm not here to tell you the jets are a lock to make the playoffs. They are an absolute long shot right now, but the only people that can do something about that is those players that Kevin Sheveldayoff challenged privately, then publicly, when the coaching change was announced on December 17th. And I can't wait to see how this group responds because uh, as I wrote this, what happens over the next, let's say six to eight weeks could have a massive impact us on the personnel that are going to be wearing Winnipeg Jets jerseys beyond the trade deadline. And, you know, into the summer when some of those other decisions are going to have to be made.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Listen, us doing the math. I mean, with that loss against Billy the team's one game above NHL 500 um going into the break you're more you're into the second half of the season NHL 500 gets you 82 points in the west right now it's probably going to take 95 points maybe 96 points to make it in so i mean i'm just doing the math here you're basically talking about 53 points you're needing to get in these final games that's going 24 11 and 5 um eliminating the regulation losses is a must. That hasn't been a strong point to the Winnipeg Jets. Even. And even when they've been getting to OT for a team that has so much talent and a goalie like Hellebuck, the results haven't been there. And that's, you know, probably another part of the story with maybe not being four or five games above it as opposed to one. When you look at this club, let's talk about Dave Lowry, first of all. I mean, Dave Lowry's in a unique situation. He's the interim coach. What do you think Dave Lowry's doing right now? And what will his focus be when he gets his team back heading into that game against Minnesota to start the, um, well, the busiest extended stretch of hockey I'm sure any of these guys have played?
3: Yeah, I mean, Hudson, to be honest, the, the bulk of the work that Dave Lowry's done systematically has already been done during their, you know, basically training camp schedule that they had in the month of January. Uh, we know that with 40 games in 81 days, practice time will be at a premium and the rest quotient is going to be more important than getting guys on the ice for a 22 minute workout where you're working through some structural things or special teams so uh you know i think dave lowry has been put in a you know in a challenging spot but dave lowry has been waiting his whole life for a chance to be the nhl head coach he knows better than anybody that the way the team performs in the second half will ultimately determine his own future with this organization so uh there's plenty of motivation there dave lowry uh, never looked for the short path. Hus. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, after being the Cal- Calgary flames captain was sent to the St. John flames in the American hockey league, uh, in his late thirties or mid thirties and found a way to get back to the NHL. And then was part of the team that made the Stanley cup finals. So, uh, Dave's not going to just throw his hands up in the air and say, "Ah, oh, you know what? Gave it our best shot, you know? Uh, and it's too bad. Uh, hope it works out next time. I mean, this is a guy who wants to put a stamp on this team with the way that they play and how they respond is ultimately could determine his own future. So, uh, I mean, we don't we been talking so much about identity and the identity crisis and the ongoing search, but uh, the jets are going to have to play to their, you know, template. I mean, we saw the template on Saturday against the St. Louis blues. Was it the St. Louis blues best effort? No, of course not. But the jets had something to do with that Hus with the way that they played structurally and the way that they use their speed and and all of those things, so uh, it's just so interesting to me that people think that oh well the Jets uh, you know they can't find it. Well, they have shown glimpses, they just haven't shown them for long enough stretches. And and to me that's not a that's not a coaching deficit. Uh, if the coach was able to get them to play their best game of the year, why would now he suddenly forgot how to coach when the Flyers beat the Jets on Tuesday? I mean to me that's just absolutely ridiculous. It, for this team, it's about execution. They have the pieces. In place, they need to execute better and do a better job, and you know, show me a great coach, I'll show you a great goalie. Isn't that those? You know, that's the old long, long saying. So, uh, I think Dave Lowry is going to do his best to get the most out of this group. Uh, whether that means tough decisions in terms of ice time allotted, uh, we'll have to see. And Hus, we know. I mean, we know there are big choices coming on the defense side of things, and we know that Billy Hanila has been under the you know the microscope all week long. Uh, And again, I'll quickly weigh in. I, you know, I think Billy Hänäla took a massive step forward in that game against the St. Louis blues. Um, And I'm by no means pinning the loss against the flyers on Billy Hänäla, But Hussey, you talked about it. Regulation losses are one thing the jets can't have right now. And part of that play contributed to a regulation loss. So, I mean, he has to share the responsibility on that. There was a, you know, the pass from Dubois was a little bit too high. Here's the thing. I know everyone spent their time talking about the give and go element and the eye contact made with Pierre Luc Dubois. That was there. But there was no communication between Jansen Harkins and Vili Hanela. And that's why they both ended up in the same spot with neither one of them filling the high gap lane. So, and again, it's tough to have that nonverbal communication, Hus, when you have barely played together. I mean, Vili Hanela and Jansen Harkins haven't played together. I mean, if they've been playing together for 20 or 30 or 40 games, does Harkins naturally fill in up high? Maybe. But uh, the big thing was the situational awareness. And a lot of people are right. If the jets are down by a goal, you absolutely jump up into that hole and try to tie the game. But in a game that they had to get at least two overtime to get a single point, the timing wasn't great for what transpired. And like I said, I'm not here to blame Billy Hanela, but that's part of the growing pains and the learning process of guys adapting to the National Hockey League. And I also, as I pointed out on the post-game show, you can totally understand why Billy Hainala is trying to be aggressive in that situation. This is a guy who wants to stay in the lineup. And the best way to stay in the lineup is by making plays. So he tried to make a play. It just the timing of the play. It just a combination of all three items where each player can share a bit of the responsibility. They kind of conspired against him. But to me, I mean, you want to see more of them. Billy Hainala is showing glimpses of the great player that he can be i've said for a long time and for folks getting confused i think Villy hanela is going to be a top pairing nhl defenseman but there are parts of his game that need to be improved like there are for any 20 year old player so whether he's going to get those and again for the folks freaking out about Heinle being returned to the moose so he can play two games on the weekend. Those are the same folks freaking out why he's on the taxi squad. And as mm. a healthy scratch, he needs these games. It doesn't mean he's been banished to the minors for the rest of the season. It means he's getting two extra games for his development. And again, we'll see what happens with the defense core first on terms of health and in terms of how much Hanela plays in the second half. But I think there will be ample opportunity for Vili Hanela to continue to play NHL games in the second half.
1: That was quite a trip to the buffet. Take a, take, (laughs)
3: take a breath.
1: Um, Hey, listen, let's go back to Lowry for a minute, because I mean, and you correctly said, um, you know, this is about execution. Um, i'll I'll say this about, you know, the great coaches, and I know this is a real difficult situation. And I'm not, please don't take this that I'm putting this on Larry. I'm just talking about the challenge that he has where we're at right now with forty games left. I mean, the one thing that great teams do is that they show up each and every night with consistent efforts. And that has been probably just simply if you want to talk about the most concerning thing and has been how the Jets can look great one night and then have stretches where, they and key players are not engaged, not doing what it takes to win every night in the National Hockey League. Um, and I I'll, listen, I don't know how the hell you fix that. Um, I don't know how you start a spark to get going forward for that. But to me, that challenge of having this team ready to play, especially considering the schedule that's coming up, Ken, um, is, you know, to me, the number one thing. And we'll find that out in the first couple weeks of the season, uh, the, the resumption of the season is as far as what we're getting from this team each and every night because as i said there's not a lot of runway left i mean this team needs to hit the ground running and you know get back to a point where they can compete each and every night because you simply can't have nights off when you the numbers are what we just laid out with the challenge ahead of them for to just try to get into the mix never mind into yeah. the spot
3: well that's the thing that's the big thing for the jets is that they have five games against the central coming right out of the gate so We're basically going to know in in one week's time if they're going to find a way to get themselves back in, because you know two two and one's not going to cut it. They need to rip off about a four and one or a four oh and one stretch, and if they don't do that, then it's going to get even tougher. And Hus, you're right. I mean, part of the coach's responsibility is having his team ready to go, but I think it's on the players to be ready also. Hus, and they're you know how the Jets manage this next stretch, they'll either have a great chance to get into a rhythm playing every other night and having seven back to backs or the tanks going to be empty before they have chance to refuel essentially hus right so i mean there's no doubt the coaching staff is is not happy with where the jets are at they're going to be trying to look for solutions and this goes back to our point from earlier on hus i mean you're right the jets haven't had been consistent but they had this same team had a 9-1 in 3 stretch after starting the year with two losses so you know before Connor Helle, or Connor McDavid you know broke open the game with that crazy one on three move and scored and then the jets were not able to win the game in overtime during the penalty to McDavid um so i mean it's super interesting to me and and this again this is this is going to determine a lot about what the jets are going to do moving forward i mean if the personnel is not up to the challenge then the Jets management team is going to have to look at some other ways of trying to to try to trying get better. I, I don't think for one second the Jets are rebuilding, and I've seen that uh, suggestion on the timelines. The Jets should you know tank the next two years so they can try to get a top five pick and then maybe get Bedard. No, no, this is not happening. This is a team that their best players, their core players, are locked up for deals that expire uh, after two more seasons after this one. There are players that are extended beyond, but this is their group they would need to maybe potentially rework that group, but they're not going to be uh, tossing in the towel uh, after the pandemic where an organization hasn't been able to have fans and say, you know what, try to be patient here. Uh, let's try to roll like they are in Ottawa with less than half the building being full. That's simply, Huss, is not happening. And I know, I, I know it's not you talking about, Lowry. I'm getting the same DMs as you do about, oh, this is just an extension of the Paul Maurice coaching staff. It's not really that at all. I mean, and for the folks saying that Mark Scheifele should be, you know, benched. Well, he has been sat down. His minutes are. It's not just an automatic that Mark Scheifele plays 22 minutes. So if you don't think it takes some, uh, you know, uh, Pedro Serrano cojones to take to shave four to five minutes off a star player's ice time, then I suggest you take a little, pay a little closer attention to how things work in the NHL. Uh, There's not a lot of coaches saying to the, uh, you know, highest paid center, uh, you know, I'd like you to play about four minutes less, you know, it's not like the old days where a guy can say, you know what, you know what we'd like to do? Uh, Why don't you take a, take a night off, sit in the press box. I mean, the Jets don't even have enough primary scoring, let alone secondary scoring. So setting it out of the press box, it's not like the old days. It just isn't. Players don't respond to that type of behavior. They can respond to a reduction of ice time, but, It's just not going to happen. I mean, do you remember Dale Howarchuk ever being sent to the press box? Of course not. I mean, come on, let's go.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, you know the message sent uh, and whether it was even a message or whether dave lowry was just trying to win a hockey game and knew he had a better chance of doing it with 55 on the bench than on the ice um everyone noticed it everyone saw it i mean it was two games in a row as well i mean exactly. the vancouver game the game was sort of lost and i think he just kind of figured hey i'm going to play some of these guys that haven't been playing as much um and we'll move on to the next one The St. Louis game was the one that everyone was paying attention to because that was a close game. Shifley was out there and made an egregious, careless error that ended up uh, almost getting the Blues back into a game, and he got bailed out by Eric Comrie. So all that being said, Ken, his team's going to get back at it against a real good Minnesota team on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, They got a ton of games over the next, you know, well, the 80 days or 81 days, whatever it is. But considering the hill to climb, I would say that these next first week, the first few games are going to be imperative. I mean, if they start off 0 and 3, we can pretty much turn the lights out. If things don't go well in the next 2-3 weeks, I mean, we'll still be in the month of February and the season essentially will be done. What what happens then? Um and how concerned are you that this team just completely bottoms out?
3: Yeah, to me I I don't I don't see that happening. I think, uh, you know, if you look at the way that the group is, play, I mean, yes, I understand. Like what, if gonna, they, what if they have two months left
1: in the season with nothing to play for?
3: Well, that's again, I would make the argument that there is going to be something to play for because it's going to be determining which city you're going to be playing in during that time. Uh, I don't see this group bottoming out. I think there uh, are too many players that care too much and have invested too much in order to kind of roll over and just be kind of become a doormat for their last you know, 30 plus games. I just don't see that happening. Uh, The group is very talented. Again, I expect Connor Hellbuck to come back from this break refreshed. Uh, I think he's going to, he, we know the Jets are going to lean on him. He's a workhorse who loves work. So he knows, you know, he's been talking about the urgency level probably longer than anybody on the roster. So I expect him to be ready. I mean, Eric Comrie showed what he can do in relief after that's the toughest thing to ever go through. I mean, not many goalies have to go two months without a start in the NHL level. And Oh, by the way, We'd like you to start that game against one of the hottest teams in the NHL in terms of how they've played on home ice. So the other part too, I mean, guys know, and I mean if guys are frustrated, they're going to want to show what they can do. There are going to be guys lower in the lineup that are trying to nail down spots for uh, you know, the next coach, whether that's Dave Lowry or someone else who comes through an exhaustive search. So uh, you know, the Jets really miss Nikolai Ehlers Huss. I don't think we talk about this enough. Um, again, but this isn't about one player. It's about the collective group to, sort of trying to perform at the at the highest level. I mean, if the Jets don't get out of it, they have to now, you know, before we've talked about this before, if the Jets are knocking on the door or in a playoff spot, you know, they're using their UFAs as self-rentals. But if the Jets are not in a playoff spot by March 21st or, or earlier, you know, now the bidding for Paul Stastny and Andrew Kopp is open and the Jets are going to have to kind of try to either look to you know get some of that draft capital back or probably to me what's more important than draft capital given where the window is they need players under contract or team control that can help them be a better hockey team moving forward I mean Sean Reynolds and I've been talking well Tampa would probably love to add an Andrew Kopp I mean you know some teams can't because they're an LTIR but I mean but if you're the Jets you know do you want the 31st pick in the draft or would you rather have a Matthew Joseph, right? A guy who's a young up and coming middle six forward under team control. So uh, we're going to have to kind of weigh some of those things. And and what's the market going to be like, right, Hus? I mean, everyone's talking, well, you should be able to get a first round draft pick. Well, the last couple of years, there haven't been a lot of first round picks tossed around. But sometimes in a Matt Zuccarello situation, it's two seconds. I mean, two seconds are nice, but the Jets need guys that can help them immediately and especially in the next two seasons so I do think they'll be having their eyes open for draft capital but I think that they're more likely to be looking at players that can help them uh, in the shorter term and, and and also too I mean we talk about identity I mean look at the Minnesota Wild after Marcus Felino got there I mean every team in the league would like to have a Marcus Felino or a Tanner Janot but like those are the kind of guys I think they might have to look at the you know the roster construction would be another thing that's kind of uh, out in the open here over the next little while, because we know the Jets have tons, tons of skill. Uh, but we, you know, we've talked about that harder to play against element, and we're not talking about the Jets becoming a, you know, 100 a hundred hit night they were in 2015. But they might try to get the pendulum swinging a little bit more to the middle at some point. So, well, the funny thing us- is,
1: you mentioned the hits. I mean, I think back to that Pittsburgh game, and I, you know, listen, I'm not entirely on board that that was one of the blueprint games of how they needed no. to play because. I mean, they gave up a ton in their own end, but they got a lot. I mean, it was a real fun game to watch. I mean, if you're a coach, it probably drove you nuts. But from a fan (laughs) standpoint, it was awesome. I mean, there was two on ones and three on ones going back and forth. The one thing that they did in that game was lay the body on Pittsburgh at each and every opportunity. Um, But then in other games, that's completely missing. And. Listen, I know we talk a lot about Shifley and where the top six is right now because of the discrepancy in the production between the two lines and the struggles that he's had along with Blake Wheeler. But the other part of it is that, you know, we talk about the team trying to be tough to play against. I'm not sure the bottom six has been tough enough to play against. And I certainly know that they haven't gotten anywhere close to the production that they need if you want to be a deep team you know, in the National Hockey League. I mean, there's been nothing from that bottom six, and that has to be a big concern because, um, you know, and frankly, it exacerbates and really increases the pressure on a guy like Shifley to do a lot more right now, Ken, because right now, if the number one line isn't scoring and Shifley's off, I mean, the Jets aren't scoring goals.
3: Yeah, and that's been a big-time problem, Huston, and, and that's why, too, another one of the things that you and I will both be watching coming out of the break where does Yevgeny Svechnikov factor in? We know he's had stretches where he's been a very good player within the top six. Now he's also at a stretch of time where he's either on the fourth line or a healthy scratch. So uh, here's How did we get there with him? Like, did you know, like, do you know
1: why that is? I mean, is that, uh, because I'll be honest, that's one of the more surprising decisions um, that we've seen under in the Dave Lowry era. And that, we saw a lot of good things from Svetch so far, and he's done a lot of good things. And there's been some tough times where he hasn't even been in the lineup, but it's not like other guys are just playing so well. They can't take him out.
3: No, for sure. Hassan. And that's the thing. I mean, he was hurt. I think in, in Lowry's first game, right? That game against the Washington capitals where he kind of got tied up and he had the knee issue. Um, and again, is it, has he not been the same since? It's, it's hard to tell because he hasn't had enough, a lot of ice time to really make a, you know, strong. But they said
1: that he's been good to go. No, no, like I, a lot of other times, hey, these guys are hurt. I, they'll be back. They've made a point of saying, oh, he could play, but he no, hasn't. I played. understand
3: that. And he said that as well. I just wonder, like, he was at a stretch where even at that time, uh, you know, I think that he'd be a really good fit with Adam Lowry on that third line, I think, right? But who's how are the lines going to be constructed coming out of this once Ehlers is healthy? I mean, there's a lot of big ifs for the Jets. Uh, we know that Dave Lowry's liked Austin Pagansky's physical side of his game, right? You talk about the element that's been lacking. Well, he's given that line a bit of an identity, but there hasn't been a lot of uh, offensive production attached to it, So, and there too. I mean, again, I know people think that I'm just beating this drum, but I mean, if David Gustafson's ready coming out of the break... I still think that he can help improve the fourth line. I mean, we know Christian Veselina needs to get going. Two goals and three points is not going to cut it. Um, so, yeah, I agree that bottom six needs to get going. Uh, it hasn't gone for the majority of the season. And then compounding the problem, Hus, at the start of the year, the Jets were getting all this offense from the back end, and now that's kind of dried up completely as well. Now, they went from kind of being involved to kind of being one of the, you know, I think they're among the lowest scoring Teams in terms of defense points in the entire NHL, so it's one thing that if you can have a, you know, we know it's not a, as dynamic a back end as when it was Buffalo and Truba and uh, and Tyler Myers on that side, but uh, they need a little bit more from there. We've seen a little bit more from Nate Schmidt; he's got a little bit more of a promotion to the top power play unit. And the other thing, Tusk, to too, that I touched on this in my CGOB column uh, this week, the play of Josh Morrissey is something that I don't think is getting nearly enough attention because uh, a lot of those people in the chat room uh, were to the point where they thought that Josh Morrissey couldn't recover. Josh Morrissey's ability to perform like a top-pairing defenseman is, to me, a storyline that has been underreported uh, and kind of even undervalued by folks uh, that are around the team uh, even significantly. I think that he, his ability to bounce back after going through what he went through emotionally has been really impressive. I mean, he has five goals, he has 16 points, but he's it's his play defensively. That's back at that level that we used to see when he was either partnered with Dustin Bufflin or, or later on with Jacob Truba.
1: Kenny Weave is uh, with us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Kenny and Rennie channel. They'll uh, be back uh, on the air after Tuesday's game. Final one for you. We do expect to hear from Chevy, uh, Kevin Shevelday, Jets general manager, early next week. Um, what do you think he's thinking about right now? What do you expect him to say come uh, up? And 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 listen, I know there's all the jokes. Chevy doesn't really say much. He's had quite a bit to say and was quite honest, maybe more so than ever before when Paul Maurice left. We haven't heard from him since then, and I can't imagine he's liked what he's seen from his hockey club over the last month and a half.
3: No, I, you talked about it with Mike too, right? I mean, it's tough to say, and I agree with you. I think that he was a little bit more forthcoming on that interview on December 17th as well. But, I mean, does the fact that he did publicly challenge his players and now that they haven't responded, does that make him reluctant to be forthcoming? I, I'm I'm very curious to see how how things go and and in terms of what he's going to say. I mean, um, and you touched on it, Hus. I mean, the Jets' biggest issue going into the season was defenseman depth. The general manager went out and, and attacked that problem or shortcoming. Um, so to me, it'll be super interesting. But I mean, also too, this is a big stretch of time for Kevin Cheveldayoff in terms of his ability to put his fingerprints. Uh, on the team going forward, and uh, you know when you kind of come out and say you expect a team to be better and they're not better, well, guess what? The coach has changed. Uh, we know last year he pulled the trigger on a blockbuster deal involving a foundational piece in in Patrick Liney, and for a draft and development franchise to send two first round draft picks out the door, that says something about their commitment to trying to win. So, uh, I mean, again, the next thing after a coaching change, Hus, is a, is a player change, and that results in trades. So. Uh, If I'm a Winnipeg Jets player, uh, I think that I need to come back strong, knowing that your future is kind of on the line. And in some ways, some folks might think that Kevin Chevaldeo's future could be determined in this next stretch of time as well, in terms of how he handles things going into the trade deadline.
1: Uh, it's it'll be fascinating one way or the other. I mean, this next month, um, you know, will determine a lot. I think for the Winnipeg Jets, Kenny. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the All Star festivities, and uh, get ready to to floor it and get back to work next week.
3: Yeah, hustle We look forward to it. Thanks for having me. And hey, one of the bigger surprises today, we found out Kyle Connor was a fan of Rob Zombie. I, I did not. <laughs> I did. I did not have that on my bingo card. I'm not sure that you did either. No,
1: apparently uh, it was because he played a lot of NHL hits. Oh, three, three and it was in the game and uh, that was his song. So, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the skills events, to be honest, more than the three on three event um, to see kind of the show they put together in Vegas and uh, certainly get a chance to see how fast KFC can go up against the likes of Kale McCarr and Connor McDavid. It should be a lot of fun. We were always great having you on the program, pal.
3: Thanks for having me and uh, best to the law, man. You know that you and I would love to be out in Vegas uh, in front of those Bellagio fountains this weekend, uh, soaking in the festivities as well.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to tolerate his presence for a few minutes coming up next here on the show. Thanks for doing this, dude. Take
3: care, man. Have a great weekend. Cheers. There
1: it is. uh, Kenny Weave. Yes, we are going to go to Vegas in just a second and catch up with Gary Lawless. Uh, Of course, our uh, friends at Manitoba Battery are keeping Winnipeg and Manitobans powered and on the road throughout another cold snap in this crazy winter we're having manitoba battery remains the premier stop for all your battery needs in winnipeg manitoba most auto batteries are priced for less than 100 bucks with core exchange and they'll deliver it to your door anywhere in winnipeg for 115 dollars on the same day you order it as long as you let them know by 1 30 p.m and with the cold snap breaking a bit i know there'll be a lot of you that like to head out on the ice and uh, drop a line For all you ice fishing enthusiasts out there, Manitoba Battery has the flasher batteries you need to keep you catching fish for the rest of the season. Get on down and see Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery for all your battery needs. They're at 1026 Logan. You can call them at 783-8787 and arrange a delivery or find out more online at manitobabattery.ca. Just got a text from our pal Greg over at Royal Sports. And Bomber fans, we've been waiting for these, but they are finally here. Remus, if you're watching with us on YouTube, has got the picture up. A number of exclusives, exclusive Winnipeg Blue Bomber championship hats and merchandise are in. These are the dad hats. I know many of you guys supported us when we did our Winnipeg Sports Talk drop. By the way, you can always check out our merchandise at winnipegsportstalk.com. But four new versions of the championship hat and these are beautiful all in the bomber royal blue um featuring the back-to-back championship logo the Grey cup champions logo that was on the original hats and more get on down and get them while they're there at royal sports at 750 pemina highway you can check out the bengals and rams merchandise that's still there thousands of exclusive pieces of winnipeg jets merchandise and of course, the biggest hockey section in town snowboards, fitness, so much more. And not to mention all the cool stuff over on the King's Skate, Snow, and Surf side. Get on down and pick up that Bomber Championship gear at Royal Sports this weekend at 750 Pembina Highway. And uh, with the cold. Well, listen. It's still going to be cold. It is going to be nicer in a couple days, but I know there's been some people that have been dealing with their vehicle for the past month, going, "It is time to upgrade the wheels." And if you're thinking about a new ride in the 2022, one place to do that, and that's with our friends over at Knot Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at an incredible price with the Knot team? Pop down and see them at Waverly and McGillvary. All the amazing vehicles on the lot or talk to the experts at not they'll help source and acquire the exact make and model that you are looking for at the best price around not Autocorp, Waverly waverly mcgillivray and online at not.ca well it's all-star weekend and uh it's in vegas i should have been there this weekend this pandemic continuing to screw things up uh but how could we not have a visit with our guy gary lawless to uh tee up the weekend and see what he's going on he's going to be very busy uh let's welcome in the lawman now to winnipeg sports talk a long overdue chat with our boy gary lawless who uh, who is who is making how ha- what's up gary
0: how are you what just happened you went from like your real place to this backdrop i've got it i want to see this here (laughs) like there's like a fake couch and a fireplace like that's That's not not
1: fake you want me to go back and start playing the nba jam behind me right now (laughs) look at that like you've been here. It's wellington crescent look at the picture behind you wake up it's a beautiful sunny day here
0: that's not your furniture of course it is. We've done go some going 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 Costanza on that couch.
1: Listen, Gary, we don't have the cameras set up properly to get a full castanza. We will do that at some, at some point though. Uh, you don't know see podcast listeners? This is why, you know what, I, I, I realize you will enjoy Gary joining us on the pod, but you really do need to pop by the YouTube page, hit subscribe, and uh, and join us. Now, I knew we wouldn't get two seconds in before this all falling off the rails. Uh, hey, how are things going? A lot of excitement around Sin City for the big All-Star weekend.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. It kind of uh, actually reminds me of when we would go to, uh, to the Super Bowl, and you'd get to like... Uh, yeah, I did an event at fanfare yesterday. And so you're starting to see some former athletes kind of like, you know, when you're on radio row and they're bringing all the, you know, the the former NFL guys, the NHL brings in all a lot of their alumni. So there was lots of guys like that around. And then, you know, I went to, I, I had dinner with some, some colleagues and, you know, I am standing in the lobby of the aria, Ray Ferraro walks up, Bucciaross is, is there. And then a bunch of people from, from the league bill daly says hi by the way wanted to know how hustler was (laughs) and um uh yeah so it it kind of feels like uh one of those events and this is different i got i'll be honest i don't really love the all-star game not my uh, cup of tea but it's different because like there was a buzz in the city yesterday they shut the strip down for three hours to film a portion of the skills competition in the in the Bellagio fountains in the lagoon, so like people all over town were trying to figure out when they were doing it because you know they didn't tell anybody they didn't they didn't open it to the public they just went and did it and it, it, then uh, all of a sudden lots of Twitter accounts were like hey they're here they're doing it and then you know that started to it started to pick up buzz and then um, I was sitting in the lobby. Waiting for my my friends to come to go to dinner, and McDavid and Drysaitel and a huge entourage. They rolled by. Uh, then Jack Hughes and like a whole bunch of people from uh, from CAA, the agency. They came through. So it was uh, it was a scene, Huss. And, you know, I like a scene. You certainly do. Well, hey, you know, before we get to today and
1: tomorrow with the actual festivities, I mean, uh, you're very busy. I had a pretty awesome opportunity to uh, moderate an NHL Legends session yesterday. Tell us about that.
0: It was actually really fun. Uh, it had a theater set up at, at Fanfare. Like they had, like, a, an autograph area, and then they had a, and so, and then they had a, a, a theater. So while uh, one guy was in the autograph chair... The other guy was over in the theater with me and I was uh, interviewing them and then uh, opening up for questions to, uh, to, to the crowd. So uh, it started with Curtis Joseph and then it went to Mark Messier, uh, sorry, Rick Tockett, and then Mark Messier and uh, Cujo was really funny. Uh, He was telling me, he told the crowd how, when he was at Wisconsin, they would dress up someone as Jesus And someone has Mary, and the fans would go, Jesus. And they would all point to the guy dressed as Jesus. Then they would go, Mary, and point to the person dressed as Mary, and then go, and Joseph. And they would all point at him in the net. And it was, like, fantastic. Uh, So he told, um, Cujo told some really good stories. I uh, told a great story about the, the uh, Heritage Classic in, in Winnipeg. Uh, he was in net for the Oilers. And, uh, of course, Solani got the, got the, uh, the penalty shot and, and scored on him. His kids, he was, he, he, he was talking to his kids one night, and they're like, he's like, they saw somebody on TV. And Cujo goes, oh, I own that guy. He never scored on me. And then they're like, okay, Dad, who owned you? And he's like, nobody. And they're like, oh, really? So then they get out their phones and they're like digging in and they're like, Oh, team of Solani. He rang the bell 35 times on you, dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he gets in to the dressing room after the heritage classic. And I don't know if you, if you were down there, they had uh half the room was jets and half the room was Oilers, but it was open. So like they were all kind of, by the time they let us media in there, um, They were all together. and They're having beers and stuff. Well, Cujo said he was so mad that he'd lost the game. He said, you know, you still have the competitive fire. He got into his stall, and he's, like, all pissed off, and he's about to open a beer, and his phone dings. Sure enough, it's one of his son's 36, Dad. (laughs) Team still owns you.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, that's awesome. It was cool to see you get the opportunity to do that. I knew you would be busy. Before we talk about the skills in the game, uh, the CFL Grey Cup week is better for it because of the Gary Lawless Memorial m- Media Party that you started not memorial, every week. Memorial, I'm
0: not dead. <laughs> well,
1: you know, you're no longer in Canada working in the league. But uh, was was there a Gary Laws, uh, Lawless hosted NHL media party because uh, you could really take it up a few notches in Sin City?
0: There will be an event, and there'll be. There's a bowl. You must throw your cell phone in the bowl. Is As, it at the El Cortez? Uh, <laughs> upon arrival the El <laughs> Cortez. Yes, that's uh that's my style. Yeah, that's you know, I could have it at the Blasio, I could have it at uh, at the cosmopolitan. But you're right. The D.
1: <laughs> um so tell us about the skills uh, there's some really cool uh events i'm uh I- i'm fired up to to see what they do with this 21 and 22 where the shooting competitions is at the cards and like what the hell is going on at the bellagio fountain you mentioned they shut down vegas yesterday we've heard of it but i still have a hard time envisioning what exactly is going to be happening
0: well i haven't seen it either but they've created they basically had like these pedestals that they made look like ice and they had the guys on these pedestals and And they had to pass through the fountains and like all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, um, like Steve Mayer, he's had, he had some time to kind of figure this one out, him and his team. And they came up with some pretty cool stuff. uh, You remember in St. Louis, they did it. They had like Marner up on, like up in a section and he shot down. I I forget what they called it, but uh, anyways, it's, it's super skills or something like that. So that's, that's what they're that's what they're doing tonight and they're gonna they're gonna unveil it during the game like it's uh, the skills competition it, it starts at 4:30 here in vegas it's a hot ticket people are, are people want to go to the skills so uh um yeah it's just like the super bowl to us like yesterday word broke out that there's going to be a, a concert tonight uh the nhl they have a a private high-end uh sponsor party <laughs> sorry my wife's calling me they have this private high-end sponsor party and the there's like at travis barker or somebody like that is going to play at it so now that ticket is everybody's trying to get that ticket and um yeah that it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be Machine Gun Kelly and Gary's going to be taking care of Megan Fox entertaining her for the time when uh, MGK is up on the stage today. I can already see it happening.
0: Megan Fox or uh, I thought her name was Megan Thee Stallion. No, those are two different people. Oh, those are two different people? Me,
1: but okay. but listen, I'm a I big Megan Thee Stallion and it's two E's in thee. very correct pronunciation of that Gary, a very very impressed. Hey, uh what about the game? I mean, the game itself, I mean, as far as the, the the 3 on 3 um it has been up and down, shall we say. It's great a chance to see some of these guys, but from a Vegas perspective, uh they won't see Jack eichel out there anytime soon, but this is a, this is a great way for um, you know, the organization to be able to show what they've built and I, I imagine the fan base is pretty fired up as well, although Um, considering the way things are pretty much back to normal south of the border, I imagine there will be fans from around the NHL kind of taking in a huge All-Star weekend because, of course, the Pro Bowls there are the next day as well.
0: Stat came out yesterday that um, you can tell it's busy. My phone is blowing up. People want tickets. They don't want to talk to me. They want stubs. Uh, And I don't have any. I got bad news for everybody. Uh, Vegas is going to be the first city to host Pro Bowl NHL All-Star, NFL Draft, and Super Bowl. All four of those events are happening in the next, like, calendar year or whatever it is. It's happening fast. So it's uh, uh, super exciting. And, uh, you know, the game is what it is. Um, I'm interested to see. They added Jonathan Marcheseau at the last minute. I think he was in Cabo. He's, like, on his – he's on a PJ right now. On his way back is probably – that's my best guess. and. I, I imagine DeBoer is going to roll out uh, Petrangelo, Stone, and Martinsault in the three-on-three. That'll be, so that'll be super fun for uh, for the Vegas crowd.
1: Well, certainly, I think the highlight for a lot of Jet fans here is going to be seeing the skills competition, getting to see Kyle Connor and the fastest skater, Kale McCarr in it, Connor McDavid. They seem to have the buy-in from a number of the players to be participating in some of the cool events, so it should be great. And then uh, back to it, and then a crazy second half of the season. Just quickly, i got to ask you a real question when it comes to the Knights. Uh, uh, what's the status of Jack Eichel? When do you think the newest Knights going to be able to get in? And, uh, I mean, just what level of excitement is there around the team knowing that, I mean, the biggest addition in the league bar none regardless of what happens at the deadline is going to be a guy that was traded for already
0: i'm going to break some massive news on winnipeg sports talk i I just got permission from kelly mccrimmon i'm allowed to break this news right now jack eichel is going to play when the doctors say he can play that (laughs) is the that is the scoop that i am unloading Right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Well,
1: that's a that's a that's a bombshell. I mean, we'll have to go and you know start getting some clicks everywhere for it. Um, uh, needless uh, to say, he's
0: though, been, he's skating every day. Uh, came on the team's last road trip. Uh, he's. Uh, I have you have to think that, like, physically, like in terms of uh, his hands, his skating, all that stuff looks ready to go. It's just uh, uh, has he healed. To the the degree the doctors need uh, for him to have healed before they're going to let somebody hit him because they still hit people in the NHL.
1: Hey, uh, before we go, uh, I know many of our listeners and viewers here have missed the dulcet tones of your voice. Um, They'll get a chance to hear it all weekend because you and Dan Duver are going to be doing the broadcast for both skills and the game on Sirius XM. Is that right?
0: Yeah, we're the uh, Dan and I are uh, are doing the national broadcast, so. Jay Knighty will be participating as a <coughs> as a rinkside reporter. I had the plague. I'm just getting over it. Uh, I've I, it was a month ago. I've been you know cleared to uh, to interact with the public for about a month, but uh, I still have a little bit of a cough. So yeah. So uh, uh, Duva and myself in the booth. Um, Dave Gosher will help out a little bit tonight. Ashley Vice will help on on Saturday, and Jay Knighty as well. Uh, We'll be. Uh, I think Shane's going to be ringside, uh, yucking it up with the players. So, um, if, if for Winnipeg people, uh, they can have they can have everything they want. They can have Shane, who they love, and me, who they hate. It's perfect. <laughs> I like, love uh, you, buddy. Hey, have a thanks. great have a great
1: broadcast. Thanks for doing this. I know you're busy. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, good stuff with Gary. I can't confirm his wife got a hold of him uh, at a certain point. Uh, but yeah, check him out. If you uh, have Sirius XM NHL radio and you're uh, out and about on the weekend, uh, Gary and Dan Duve will be doing the uh, call and color. Plenty of color from the lawman, uh, both tonight and for tomorrow's all-star game festivities out in Vegas. Great to have Gary join us on the program. Hey, the weekend's here. And you know what makes the weekend a lot better? A few cold brews from our friends over at Little Brown Jug. Of course, you can pop by the tap room down on William Avenue and pick up all your Little Brown Jug favorites, or you can go to littlebrownjug.ca and uh, make an order. Uh, it is being cold, the roads are slippery, and Little Brown Jug delivers beer straight to your drawer three days a week on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. You can order online at littlebrownjug.ca and make sure to check out uh, just an amazing winter brew. The Little Brown Jug Double. It's a uh, copper in color, complex fruit and spice aroma. of flavors of raisin, plum, and dried cherry, sweet with a moderately dry finish. Um, you can get it at liquor, Bra- uh, you get Manitoba Liquor Marts, or you can get it at Little Brown Jug in person. And again, all the Little Brown Jug beers are always available for delivery online at LittleBrownJug.ca. We've got a very special Princess Auto. Curling segment coming up next. Uh, but before we do that, a big shout out to our friends at Boston Pizza. Not a huge sports weekend with the NFL being off and the NHL being off, but uh, man, the Raptors are on a run. Maybe pop into your local BP, check out the raps or maybe, uh, you know, get a couple cold ones in you and uh, check out the All Star festivities. Bottom line is, if you're getting together with friends to watch the game, no better place to do that than Boston Pizza. And if you're staying home, don't bother cooking tonight. You can get those uh, great game day deals. Boston's famous wings, gourmet pizzas, and more delivered to you on uh, by ordering online at bostonpizza.ca. And a big shout out to our friends Nick and Nikki. I believe Nick's uh, sunning himself a little bit. Um, getting away for a little bit but of course the uh, the Nick and Nicky DQ team is still firing on fulls all cylinders DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate DQ Polar Park and DQ St. Anne's open for you blizzards 12 months a year of course those great ultimate grill burgers french fries, new buffalo chicken fingers and more or you can hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba and order a DQ ice cream cake for your next party or gathering. All right I mentioned, don't forget, we do have marbles coming up with our friends of Canadian Club at the end of the program. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's going to join us for a little mid-Super Bowl week update. Some new coaching positions in. We have to find out what Lee thinks about the Brian Flores lawsuit. Just a massive story in the league this week. Uh, But as we mentioned earlier, it's been all Manitoba so far at the Scotties. Harry Anderson's rink is six, is eight No. And the Tracy Flurry Rink is 7-1. and one. Both teams have games tonight to move into the 1-2 game in the Page Playoff. And uh, what a perfect time to do a special Princess Auto Curling Report with our guy Reed Carruthers, who, of course, is part of Team Mike McEwen, who, along with the Jennifer Jones Rink, are proudly sponsored by Princess Auto. Uh, Princess Auto, great sponsor of curling and the place. Or you'll find the best deals and most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Let's head out to Thunder Bay, Ontario and catch up with the uh, coach of Team Carrie Anderson, 8-0 through the round robin. Let's get at it with Reed Carruthers. Reed, what's up?
4: Hey, it's, thanks for having me. I love be, I love coming on the show. So uh, this is an unexpected text and a happy one that I got.
1: Well, you know what? I knew you guys had been busy and I was sort of looking for a hole uh, in the schedule. And luckily, um, Carrie and the, the women have played so darn well, we knew that this would be a perfect time before the playoffs got going tonight. Um, first of all, Coach Carruthers, uh, tell us about how you ended up in this spot, because I know there's a big tournament for you and Team McEwen coming up next week. Uh, how did this all come about that uh, you get the very enviable job of coaching Kerry Anderson, which I said off air is m- maybe like being the punter on the 07 Patriots. I mean, you just kind of sit back and enjoy yourself. Certainly so far this week you have, I'm sure.
4: Yeah. And a lot of people don't know actually are are the fifth for this team is actually my sister-in-law. So it's, it's, it's been kind of funny, you know, throughout the pandemic, I haven't been able to spend time with her, but now that we're in a bubble together, we've spent like nine, 10 days in a row together. So this has been a blast. I'm getting to see my, uh, my sister-in-law again. And then this team is like, they're, they're just so good. They're playing, they're playing really well, playing with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, on and off the ice, like one of the big things is I just wanted them to spend some time together, hang out and just have some fun. Like the trials obviously didn't go well for for my own men's team and for their women's team. I know, you know, they were they were hoping to be the team that was at the Olympics. So when you come to an event like this um, in that same year, I think one of the key things is keeping the mood light. Uh, You know, if you want to be successful after having that letdown, you know, you got to let it go. So just have some fun and, and try to try to go hard at some teams early in games. And we've been doing that. And I can I can tell you for sure that that Carrie's got her confidence back and these girls are playing really well.
1: How'd you get the gig of being the coach for team Anderson? Probably the best coaching gig right now in women's curling. I'll tell you at least this week outside of being at the Olympic games.
4: Yeah. To be honest, I don't want you to ask too many questions because I, I'm not sure I like, I, I do have a good relationship with all these girls. And, and to be honest, like two weeks before, uh, this event started. I I wasn't the coach of this team. Uh, our Vitera Men's Provincial Championship was was during the same time frame as the Scotties, so um, it wasn't even an opportunity for me that I that I could have you know taken up. So uh, once they moved our dates, I you know I got this call and you know they needed someone to fill in, and you know being that we have a, a history, it, it allowed us to um, still practice in Winnipeg together leading up to this event. So there's a lot of added benefits, I think, to having me around, um, uh, for them, uh, just, you know, their coach was, it was in Alberta. So, um, you know, we got some prep in before this, it was, we worked, we didn't have a lot of time, but we worked hard
1: leading into it. And, uh, so, so you would be the Dave Lowry right now of women's curling, the interim coach right now. And, uh, you know, uh, Well, let's face it. All Jets fans can only hope that uh, maybe the results of what's happened with the Anderson rink can happen in the second half of the season for our local hockey team so far. I mean, let's talk about Kerry and, and the squad. I mean, you mentioned that they're upbeat. I mean, uh, winning is fun. They've been doing a lot of winning and uh, a lot of smiles on the ice, but mm-hmm. um, they've done it twice already, and uh, they seem to be right now rolling towards um, certainly challenging for a three-peat. Uh, fill us in on the week so far for Team Anderson.
4: Yeah, Um, they hadn't played since the trials. We had a grand slam that got canceled. So, you know, you go from end of November going into the start of December as your, is your last competition together, Um, you know, and then planning to have a normal January and not having that. So for us uh, in this team in particular, I think like um, getting the rust out early was, was one of the things that, you know, we, we had to try to really work on. So, we we simulated a lot of game situations in our practices leading up to this. Um, you know, if you're not throwing and trying to make shots, like I was trying to put the pressure on them um in practice and and really try to recreate that. So when we got to the Scotties, it would feel, you know, like they are picking up where they left off um in at the trials, uh, and just in a positive way because, you know, it didn't go their way. So we're just we're just having some fun. The girls are playing loose. Um, we're having fun on and off the ice, you know, playing board games at night and and having a couple bevvies just to keep the mood light. And and uh, yeah, it's it's been great, absolutely wonderful experience.
1: Well, an incredible run. I mean, they cl- clinched first place at an eight and oh run through the round robin. Although it looked like there might be a blemish on it early yesterday. I mean, an all Manitoba matchup against the young team of Mackenzie Zacharias, who's really impressed so far this week. Um, yeah. they put up a five spot on Kerry, and uh know they still seem to be uh you know the same happy team that had been winning the first seven. I mean, fill us in on that crazy comeback last night
4: well, yeah we'll just say the coach's binder was filled up a little bit in the second end um so we had lots to chat about uh last night um you know execution has been there all week for this team sometimes we just we you know we'll we'll call a shot that's maybe a hair too aggressive when when we shouldn't and, and vice versa and, and that happens and it's it's a really easy role to sit back and watch that sometimes when you're on the ice you don't catch those things and um you know it's, I guess it's been nice for me to be here for them because I feel like I have a decent eye for that and um I've never been on a sheet of curling ice where I've been down 5-1 and had such positive people um around like it was there was no fear. It was, I guess, like, you know, the pressure was off because we were down 5-1, but it was just like, hey, like let, let's go battle. And, and I think the big thing for them is they knew that they are in the playoffs too, and it was just a matter of trying to make sure that we got some good throws. And I told them after we were down 5-1, I said, let's take this to ten. Like put some pressure on her. has a younger skip. That's a great team, and they're gonna they're gonna win lots of uh, championships, I'm sure, if they stick together. But at the same time, like they are playing against the two-time defending champions. So, I figured if we took it to ten, you know, we'd give ourselves a chance. It's it's a lot of pressure for for a young skip to feel.
1: Yeah, well, they got right back in it with a four spot a couple ends later, and then uh, ended up finishing the job with an unblemished eight and O record top team in the entire event. But this is a very different format, Reid. And I know a number of people have been asking us as we've sort of been mentioning the uh, the standings and what's happened throughout the week. Uh, It's a unique playoff format. And, you know, you sort of mentioned to me uh, before we spoke that finishing first was a distinct advantage and um two manitoba teams try the, the flurry rink when we we'll get to them and what a performance by them without their skip through the week finishing at mm-hmm. 7 and 1 but um why was the first place so important and how do things shake up for carries uh, team heading into uh, tonight and the weekend yeah well i couldn't even
4: have done this interview cuz i'd be playing right now there's uh you know there's a placement game going on um uh, we're down to the final six but uh we're we're playing the winner of a game that's going on right now and um flurry you know their team their team has, has accomplished the same thing by uh getting the bye as well so both teams are in a really good spot um you know we, we play at 7 p.m eastern tonight against the winner and i just like from watching flurry's team um i actually curled mixed doubles with with selena negovan who's been filling in obviously for skip for for tracy and you know she's had a she's had a really good week um it seems like they've done a really good job of, of managing, you know, a lot of a lot of emotions too, because they had obviously a very, very difficult finish to the trials. So um, you know, if we have to play them late in this event, we know we're gonna have to play extremely well to beat that team. And uh I just I really like where our team's at.
1: Well, it would be huge for Manitoba curling to see an all Manitoba final and um certainly I mean both the Fleury Rink and the Kerry Anderson rink have put themselves in the position. So there's the match tonight, and a win in that match then puts them into a normal page playoff. Is that um is that correct? And then it would be one two, and we go from there.
4: Yeah, it's really funny. I was saying to the girls last night, I I said, you know, when I'm playing, like actually competing myself, I look at the draw. Like I, you know, I'm I'm thinking lots about the draw, and you know, and even sometimes about like making sure I'm holding my own in percentage and whatnot, but like. For me this week, I've been doing everything other than that. And it's been, I think it's been really good. And it's, it's something I can even take back to my own, you know, men's thing is like, I'm, I'm really trying not to sweat the small things and like have that wear off on the girls. So for us, you know, you know, I'm, I'm really focusing on attitudes and being positive and and everyone just being really good teammates out there. And I feel like they're doing a very good job of that. So, you know, um, for me, it's just about making sure that these girls are making eight shots an end. And as a result, you know we've we've been winning some games. And as far as I know, we win this game. Yeah, we're down to like a, a final four. So uh, it's a really good scenario for us.
1: Reed Carruthers with us uh, live from the Scotties in Thunder Bay. Um, you know, you mentioned the influence that you know the uh, the women are having on you as their coach. um and last night with the uh, positive attitude, being down five one after giving up a five spot, how might that help you when you get back to the Princess Auto Squad with Team McEwen and uh, try and run it back as Manitoba champs?
4: Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully we don't experience that. Uh, with the, <laughs> good point. With the, but like, yeah, because it's that was that's that was a that was a war, and, and these girls did such a good job to to come back from that, and you know that's. Uh, yeah i like i said i've been curling for a long time i've never seen that so it was it was really cool um for us to do that and and for me i just think like overall this experience there's there's one thing that i i do know from like teaching my clinics and doing my junior camp uh at the start of you know every curling season that it really gets me fired up for my own curling um you know you start verbalizing and talking about the things that you're seeing and you want your team to work on or your players uh to work on and it really makes you focus on the things that you should also do so i feel like right now i'm i'm rezoned in where i need to be and and i'll be a really good teammate for the guys come next week
1: well and just quickly why don't you tee up the Viterra because as you mentioned this um you know the way everything's shaken out i mean you don't want to have COVID screw everything up but it actually has given you the opportunity to get this uh, the chance to uh, be the coach for team Anderson and then participate as part of team McEwen uh, starting in the middle of next week.
4: Yeah. It's, it's been kind of crazy how that's, how this is all worked out. And for me, you know, I got, um, I had COVID over, over Christmas time. So I was kind of in like that immune stage where I may not have been able to, or like I could get it, but I was less likely to get it. So for me to come to this event it's been bubbled there's been no infections in the bubble there's been some entry ones but it's been like a safe way for me to prepare for my own provincials and you know come next week it sounds like they're going to have some sort of protocols there obviously was uh, some concern with having 28 teams in a bond spiel format and then obviously like the winner of of next week is obviously going to have to have time if there is some sort of outbreak at the event to to get over potential COVID and and hopefully not have some sort of long lasting COVID effects. So, um, you know, fingers are crossed that we're able to do that safely next week.
1: Uh, and you know, and just speaking of bubbles, um, uh, you know, Carrie Anderson is just amazing for so many reasons. Um, you know what she does, uh, you know, off the ice with her job with her family. Um, I'm not sure that there's anybody that's more experienced than being in a bubble than Carrie from what she went through last year.
4: Yeah. Yeah, no, she was, she was, she's a, she's a trooper, you know, like you can, even with, with having things thrown her way, like having not been able to go to the world uh, and things like that, like this team is, this team has been battle tested off the ice big time. Um, and yeah, they're in, they're in a really good place and, um, I'm, I'm just, honestly, I'm, I'm just having a freaking blast.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we're having a blast watching carry as well as, uh, the flurry squad, as well as McKenzie. I mean, throughout the week, I mean, unfortunately mm-hmm. they won't be part of the playoff uh, event after their loss this morning. Uh, but a great run. And, um, I'll tell you what, I mean, both of these teams, I mean, uh, playing really well. Hopefully, we'll see him uh, maybe play a couple times, which would be in the one two game and the final. But uh, um, certainly, you can tell Carrie that uh, everyone back home cheering for her. And we've got a spot for her on the show to talk about a three peat on Monday. But uh, we won't get that. We'll get to that when we come to it, Reed. And then certainly wishing you and Mike and the guys um, best of luck next week. And hopefully, we can catch up when uh, we get into the Manitoba Championships as well.
4: Awesome. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, great stuff with Reid Arama. Follow him on Twitter. That's Reid Carruthers, and we'll definitely have to catch up with Reid and maybe next week as the uh, Manitoba Championship gets underway. But tonight, 6 o'clock Winnipeg time, Tracy Flurry looks like she'll be taking on, uh, well, she will take on the winner of the McCarvel Black Game. That game's on right now. Check this out, people. Uh, McCarvel got back-to-back fours and was leading 9-1. to it's 9-8 right now, playing in the uh, in the ninth end. Just a, a wild, wild game right now uh, out there in Thunder Bay. Um, Crawford up on Galusha right now. The winner of that game between uh, Northwest Territories and New Brunswick is going to play Kerry Anderson tonight. Um, and if flurry and Anderson both win their matches, they'll uh, play tomorrow head-to-head in the 1-2 game in the Page Playoff. All right. We've got our Canadian Club Marble Race coming up a little later on. We will get to Coolbet lines, although there's not a lot to get to uh, with a very quiet weekend in sports. But let's welcome in Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Uh, Lots of things going on in the National Football League outside of the big game next weekend. And uh, we welcome Hacksaw in right now. Lee, what's going on? How are you, my friend?
5: Hustler, I guess we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. But boy, what a bad week on Park Avenue in New York for the National Football League and Roger Goodell controversy after controversy, and now he's coming out to LA. And I will tell you when he holds his press conference, uh, his state of the league press conference at the end of next week, it's just going to be brutal. I mean, there are so many bad things that have surfaced in terms of lawsuits uh, with with the National Football League, with coaches, uh, with the owner of the Washington franchise again, just what a bad week they've had in New York.
1: Yeah. Next week we'll be all over the game between the Rams and the Bengals, but let's first start off with the bombshell that happened this week. I mean, this class action lawsuit led by former Miami dolphins coach, Brian Flores. I mean, it's almost inconceivable that he was fired in the first place. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the job that he did winning the seven in a row falling just short of the playoffs. Um, but a lot going on behind the scenes and, um, He's now suing the National Football League for a number of things. But at the end of the day, he alleges racial discrimination against black coaches. Um, and there's some bizarre circumstances involving Bill Belichick, of all people, not being able to text the right guy that ends up in this lawsuit. What was your reaction when you heard it right off the bat?
5: Well, let's first address it with a big picture of things. The National Football League in 2003, Hustler, Put the Rooney rule into effect and this was pioneered by Dan Rooney and his son Art Rooney to try to come up with a a blueprint as to how African Americans and other minorities can get interviews for head coaching jobs in the first 80 years of the NFL Andrew from 1920 to 2000 there were eight black head coaches in 80 years in the NFL highlighted by the very famous Fritz Pollard back in 1920 with the Akron pros they put the Rooney rule in, it kicked into effect in 2003. Since 2003, there have been 23 black head coaches hired in the NFL. Unfortunately, a lot of them have been fired because they haven't done a very good job. Uh, the Rooney rule has been fixed a couple of times, or so they've added things to the Rooney rule. You know, initially, Andrew, when this, this rule was invoked, it was to give a minority. A chance to interview for a head coaching job, a head coaching job. That's it. You only had to interview one minority to meet the Rooney rule. Well, as these jobs continue to come open, you know, five to seven. This year we had nine firings. Uh the, you know, the discussion was there are more qualified guys here who are not getting in the door because the league was only stipulating one. So then the league a couple of years ago invoked a, an upgrade to the Rooney rule and said you got to interview two candidates for head coach. Well, just last year, they added on to that, and now every key administrative position in the NFL, team president, CEO, general manager, head coach, or any of the three coordinators, if you have an opening, you have to interview two minorities for each of those positions that you have opened. So that really, the league, as it's grown and learned to deal with this, has, has obviously tried to open more doors. I think one of the problems they're running into now is there are just not enough black coordinators offensively, defensively or special teams that they give you access to guys who've learned on the job. I think that's where the next push has to come, that more African-American coordinators have to be interviewed and to a degree have to be hired. But it's a problem not just in the NFL, Hustler. It's also a problem in college football. You know, there's 130 Division One schools in college football in, in the States. It's only 30 black head coaches out of 130 positions. So there's just there's not a plethora of fully qualified candidates, at least that's how the NFL views it now. Brian Flores and others view it very differently. The league has got a second problem, and they've never solved this problem. And I think there'll be another adjustment maybe in this offseason is the calendar. You know, if, if it, uh, a bad team doesn't make the playoffs, they blow their coach out on Black Monday. Well, that gives them the equivalent of maybe six weeks head start time to interview candidates, but the league limits where you can go to interview candidates, and it, it really closes the calendar on guys whose teams go deep into the playoffs every year or go to the Super Bowl. Those guys aren't getting a chance to interview, and jobs are closing. So the, the league has to figure out a way to make this equitable for the bad teams, and the good teams, and obviously, for the coaches. One solution might be you can't interview anybody till the day after the Super Bowl is over. And every, But that would put the bad clubs at a disadvantage because they would have lost six weeks to get new coaches hired, new staffs in place, and start their protocol going towards the draft. So it's it's, it's an unbelievably complex issue that goes back a long time. Uh, in terms of the Brian Flores situation, Uh, He got fired in Miami because there was just a lot of upheaval on his staff. He went through six coordinators in three years. And the Miami Dolphins had to eat a lot of contracts because he didn't like the guys he hired or he made a mistake with the guys he hired, et cetera. That plus was all insinuations that he kept pulling power plays to try to get more power away from the general manager, Chris Greer. So I don't know if if Flores is innocent uh, of, of all the things that are being thrown in his direction coming out of Miami right now. Uh, in terms of Belichick making a mistake, uh, guys network with each other. You sent out bad twitters. I've sent out bad emails. I mean, it happens electronically. It is it is kind of stunning. Uh, now, was he interviewed post facto? Hire was he hire, interviewed by the Giants after they had kind of committed to Brian Dayball out of Buffalo? I don't know. Giants say no. Uh, was was he hired or interviewed late after Denver? committed to Vic Fangio a couple of years ago? We don't know. John Elway says, absolutely not. So I don't know what's fact or fiction with the Brian Flores thing, but I think in the big picture, yeah, there's some things that he's barking about that are probably correct. I'll be intrigued to see if many other coaches jump on board and attach their name to this this racial discrimination lawsuit. Uh, Right now, we, we only know of a couple. Hugh Jackson, the former Cleveland Browns coach, and Terrell Austin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the defensive coordinator, who felt he was mistreated in an interview he had a year ago in Detroit. So it'll be interesting to see where this thing goes. But boy, the NFL's got just a monster problem on its hands. And to me, where there's smoke, there's probably a little bit of fire here, too. It's a long answer to your question, but I wanted you to give the background of where the Rooney rule came from and and how it's been adjusted going forward. But you know they're not at the finish line. There's still a lot. I think a lot of work has to be done.
1: Well, there is. and I mean, the one part of the lawsuit that, to be honest, is sort of a different topic entirely. I mean, doesn't really speak to racial prejudice because of course, the Dolphins hired Brian Flores, but was the part of it that Stephen Ross was offering Flores one hundred thousand dollars for every additional loss and trying to set up a clandestine meeting with a very notable quarterback, which of course we know to be Tom Brady in violation of nfl rules how damaging is are these allegations for the dolphins going forward um you know when it comes to their draft picks and potential sanctions against their owner stephen ross
5: well you look at the at the cadre list of owners around the nfl some really good people really successful businessmen the other end of the spectrum is some really bad people and then there's some really rich and competent people as part of that whole mix uh, Ross doesn't have a great reputation in the National Football League. Neither does Daniel Snyder. Uh, neither does Mark Davis, Al Davis. Neither does Dean Spanos. So, so you know, when, when you hear stuff like this, you say, why would those people, these rich people who own this franchise that's worth billions, why would they ever do anything like that? I don't have an answer for that question. Um, but if there, unless there's a paper trail brian flores or in cleveland which which uh uh, that head coach just just dropped the same bomb on jimmy haslam the owner of the browns that they put money in his bank account for losing games unless there's a paper trail from brian flores or Hugh jackson i just find it hard to believe that owners would ever bring this up do you devise blueprints that say we, we have to go into a major rebuild yeah there are blueprints uh own backyard arizona coyotes nhl everybody knows what they're doing stockpiling assets horrible team bad situation but stockpiling assets taking on bad contracts and a couple months from today they're gonna have a lot of salary cap room and then the ability to rebuild the rebuild takes a long time i i understand blueprints hugh jackson says he's got a printed copy of the Cleveland browns blueprint they gave him when he was hired he wound up going one in thirty one Doing everything that they wanted him to do. And then he finished three and 36, and they fired him in the middle of the third year. So, unless there's a paper trail from these coaches with actual transfer of money, I just, ha- I find it hard to believe that owners would do that. But there are a lot of stupid owners out there.
1: <laughs> no doubt about that lee hacksaw hamilton's with us let's get to the coaching carousel and um, the one thing that hasn't happened is any black coach uh, blackhead coaches have been hired brian flores is out of a job david cully out of a job in houston but we have seen some jobs filled uh certainly here people most interested in the vikings job and it sort of seemed like there was a lot of smoke around jim harbaugh Well, Harbaugh's now gone back to Michigan and said he's not interested in the NFL anymore. He was maybe more interested in the Minnesota job than they were involved with him. I don't believe Harbaugh for a second, um, but the Rams OC sounds like he's going to be the new guy in Minnesota. Fill us in on the new head coach in for the Vikings, as well as what else you're hearing about the coaching vacancies and Phil Jobs.
5: Well, I would have bet my house that Harbaugh would have taken that job, but I bet this is what I believe happened. He's a power guy. He's a power control freak. Despite the great success he had in San Francisco, he got let go or he was asked to leave because he had his fingerprints on everything and he wanted to be the decision maker on anything and everything. And Frisco said no. Uh, He may have talked his way out of the job in Minnesota. Maybe the sales pitch he made was too strong. Maybe he demanded a lot of things, but suddenly he's back there. If indeed the Vikings are hiring this kid, he is from San Diego. I know him personally. He is a great guy. His name is Kevin O'Connell, really good small college quarterback. Did not go to the NFL Could or did not make the NFL in New England, retired and got into coaching. And he has climbed the ladder from, from player personnel intern to front office player personnel guy to scout Uh, to quarterback coach, to offensive coordinator. He has learned every facet of the game. He's only 35 years of age. He's a really bright light and a really good person. If this is the guy, I think Minnesota hired a guy that has learned the trade well. But that being said, he's going to have to hire veteran assistant coaches. He's really going to need coordinators with a lot of war years behind them in the National Football League to be his guy. But I like Kevin O'Connell. He's, he's been on a fast track, I'd say, in the last three years, and he has arrived. One guy that does not appear to get a job is Eric Bienemi. And I don't understand that because I've known Eric Bienemy a long time. He played here when I was the voice of the Chargers. He's a really special guy. Maybe it's because he's in the shadow of Andy Reid and the general consensus is Andy Reid calls plays, runs things. Bienemi's a really smart cookie. This has to be very frustrating for him because all I've had, anywhere he's been, has been success. What he might have to do is he may have to step away from the NFL. He's not going to get this opportunity. He may have to go get a head coaching job in college football, prove he can handle all of it, and then go back to the NFL. I feel I feel real bad for. Uh, is he not
1: getting a a sniff with the saints Uh, i heard that he uh, might be getting interviewed this weekend for that saints job and maybe touch on the vacancy that no one saw coming with sean uh, sean payton uh, walking away last week
5: well payton marches to the beat of a different drum there's no doubt about that sean was out here I i knew him as a young coach he was an assistant coach at san diego state on a very fast track he's a brilliant guy a little bit different personality i think he burned out I think he'll be back in the NFL within a year. Keep this in mind. If Dallas doesn't make strides under Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton will probably be the coach of the Cowboys. If not a year from now, maybe the middle of this coming season if things fall apart. Uh, they tried to hire Payton before they wound up with, with Mike McCarthy. So I think Sean Payton is probably uh, a candidate to wind up there. Uh, another, another place he could go is Arizona. You know, that that head coach has, has had a, a tough end of his last two seasons, and Cliff Kingsbury is really on thin ice. And if they stagger again, he might not be a candidate to finish the season. And Sean Payton could wind up with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Think about that creative stuff. So I think Payton's going to wind up within a year, probably back in the NFL. I think this was all a burnout thing. The enemy. I think, is interviewing in New Orleans. I would have bet that he might have gotten a real shot with the Denver Broncos, but he did not get hired to go back home. He played at Colorado University. He's just highly, highly regarded. Uh, and in terms of the hirings around the league, uh, Doug Peterson going to Jacksonville, I think, is a solid hire for the Jaguars. Um, I don't know what they're doing with the general manager position because nobody seems to like Trent Balking or think he's done a really good job, but he's still there. Uh, I, I thought Byron Leftwich was a lock a week ago, but Leftwich removed his name. And I think that had something to do with Balky. But Peterson will come in the front door with credentials, Super Bowl, playoffs, all that with Carson Wentz. So he becomes the man to, to fast forward the development of Trevor Lawrence. I think that's really a positive. I like the Raiders acquisition of Josh McDaniels, uh, assuming that he is he's learned a lot from the very bad experience he had as first time head coach. And he'll be a different guy. And he's got a new general manager that he's very familiar with, and Dave Ziegler. They kind of came as a team uh, out of New England. Like the Brian Daybowl hire from going from Buffalo to the New York Giants, uh, he inherits a mess. He does have the kid quarterback, he does have the running back. Got a lot of roster problems, he's got cap problems. The former general manager, Dave Gettleman, left the real mess behind. A little bit surprised by the Chicago hire that they went to Matt Eberfluss of Indianapolis rather than getting an offensive coach. Uh, to work with the first-round draft pick quarterback Justin Fields, uh, and in Denver, I, I guess beauty's in the buy and bi of the holder. He must have Nathaniel Hackett must have really overwhelmed uh, the Broncos organization with a sales pitch because he was he was just a coordinator, never called plays up in Green Bay. And you know everybody is of the consensus that the success in Green Bay is a Aaron Rodgers, but beat Matt Lafleur, not necessarily in Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, and Hackett's already started hiring a lot of young guys on his staff. We've never ever done this before, so I think the Denver hire to me was a little bit of a surprise when you consider who is still out there and there's you know there's still jobs open. You got the Saints job we talked about, Houston's job. Flores is a candidate there. The Miami situation, I, I, the rumors are going off off the rails on this that they're, they're talking to the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator uh, Kellen Moore for a second time, and he's had a bunch of interviews and has never never ever gotten an offer. And there are a few veteran coaches out there. I think Flores. Is still still in the mix and he could get hired somewhere uh in the next week despite the the aftermath of this lawsuit and the one guy that i think's really gotten a bad deal aside from eric Bieniemy, is another former african-american head coach jim caldwell he did a really nice job in detroit with a mess around him and he he inherited what happened in indianapolis when peyton manning had to retire was the neck injury and yet he's got a plus 500 coaching record In the National Football League, except for I don't understand why Caldwell has not gotten a third opportunity, considering he won in Detroit and he did pretty well in Indy with the demise of Peyton Manning as a player. So like I said there's a lot of strange things out there and some owners make strange calls others make really good hires
1: no doubt about it Lee we got to run but uh, you know we'll talk about the big game next week with you on the NFL notebook but uh what uh what will people find at Lee hacksaw Hamilton this weekend on uh, a quieter weekend in sports with the all-star games going on
5: Al it's never quiet in sports trust me you're a talk show host I'm a talk show host we all know that it's never quiet um uh, obviously, I wrote a column today about the opening of the Olympics and the disinterest here in America towards it. I think the 13-hour time zone, I think we have such terrible COVID fatigue here. That's got something to do with it. Updates on the coaching carousel, the latest blow-up in Major League Baseball. What's going on is a big trade in the NBA today with the L.A. Clippers. Uh, obviously, what's happening in the National Hockey League. I had a chance to talk extensively with the new general manager of the Anaheim Ducks, Pat Verbeek. Uh, controversy in golf. So there's... There's always a lot of stuff on my website. It's all written. If you check it every day, outside of me, outside of you, whoever checks it will be the third smartest guy in the province of Manitoba.
1: <laughs> Lee, you're the best. Have a great weekend. You be well. And I'll look forward to talking about the big game next week. Thanks for doing this. And as I'd
5: like to say, go USA in the Olympics.
1: Yes. Well, it's better than the USA soccer. We know who's running CONCACAF right now, and it's the boys from the North. Lee, have a great weekend. Thanks, pal. Thanks, Hustler. Be well. Yeah, There it is, the, uh, the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. You can follow Lee on Twitter at Hacksaw1090 and make sure you check out the website at leehacksawhamilton.com. All right, just about the end of the program. We do have to get to cool bet lines, but Remus, let's fire up. I know you were getting a little trigger happy dropping a poll in there. We don't have time for polls because we need to get people in for today's marble race.
2: Yeah, I think it's working. Let's just, I hit the on button. It should have started. Oh, there it is. in the screen, yes. Uh, I'll bring myself on. Yeah, hit the thing. Exclamation marbles. We're good to go. We're all set.
1: Oh, we did? Okay, perfect. Anyone there? Oh, no. say Anyone there? I was seeing your, your promo for our TikTok channel. Which, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: we're, we're on TikTok, too. Uh, so we're trying some up. fun stuff. Uh, Instagram reels. You know, our conversation about Quincy's earlier this week. <laughs> got really popular on Instagram. It wasn't a
1: conversation. It was you not being aware of what a Quincy was. No, no, no. It was you and I
2: discussing Quincy's. And um, it got really popular on Instagram Reels. So, uh, Sports Talk WPG on all social medias. We're trying some fun stuff. So, hopefully it works out. But appreciate all the likes and the comments of the laughing emoji
1: are all, all appreciated so our yeah social hey, for, links down below and for the those description. Of you for you facebook people make sure to like the page but if you have the opportunity to uh sort of like and post especially some of these uh reels that we're uh, putting together And shout out to our boy, Nick Bueno. It's been great to have him on board, helping us out with some of this stuff. Uh, Definitely helps out as well as Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, Any way you can sort of boost it to uh, other people, helps us uh, let people know what we're doing here every day on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, I see it. Uh, We've got lots of people dropping in, exclamation mark marbles. If for some reason you're popping into the show and you're wondering what the hell's going on, just sit back, exclamation mark marbles. You'll get a marble in the marble race. And uh, we'll fire it up in just a couple minutes, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Club. We've got another. Well, the shipment, I think, is going to probably come in next week or Mm -hmm. early the following week. Um, We do have a couple remaining of the first batch. So depending on what size our winner is, might be able to get you hooked up. Uh, But regardless, we've got coming in and great support from our friends at Canadian Club. Of course, they are the official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can sip on it outside at IG Field and cannot wait to do that this summer. But you can also get it at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And for the month of February, make sure you check out the Canadian Club displays in all Manitoba Liquor Marts. Special deals on Original Canadian Club, Canadian Club 100% Rye, and Canadian Club 12-Year Reserve at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, we'll give you another minute or two to drop in exclamation mark marbles. I'll take a quick look at the Cool Bet lines for the weekend. And as I mentioned, not a lot going on right now. We do got a big Raptor game tonight. Raptors, just four and a half back of first place. A very, very tight Eastern Conference right now. They're actually in seventh, uh, but still in striking distance of all the teams above them. They've won four in a row. The Raps three-point favorites at home against the Atlanta Hawks on a very busy night of NBA action. And we are still waiting for the results of the um, of the the well, I can tell you the tourney, the, this the, the it's set for tonight. Fleury versus McCarville and Anderson versus Crawford from New Brunswick. Those are the playoff games at 6 p.m. Odds aren't up right now, but they'll be up shortly. So if you've been having fun betting on the curling, you'll be able to do that at Cool Bet, as well as a ton of NHL mid-season bets available. Uh, all the trophy winners, Stanley Cup winners, and more. It's a cool bet. If you haven't bet there before, use the promo code WST a 100% deposit up to $200 on your first deposit all right Remo um we want to do a little last call for marbles here? yeah last call I'm trying to find the song I every week I forget
2: every week I forget where I saved it you uh yeah uh, <laughs> it's somewhere it's oh here it is yeah it's somewhere in here So we will have uh, we will have the song
1: uh, 100%. We'll get that ready. So everyone, everyone that's in, you've got uh, 10 seconds to put exclamation mark marbles just to make sure you're in. If you haven't done it already, Uh, everyone that does that will give you a marble. And today we're adding in marbles for myself and Remus, as well as all of our guests today. So we're going to have a Ken. We're going to have a Gary Lawless. We're going to have a Reed Carruthers and we're going to have a hacksaw marble. All six of those will be more for entertainment purposes only. If any of those six marbles win, we will give the uh, hoodie from our friends at Canadian Club, along with us at Winnipeg Sports Talk, to the second place finisher. So uh, we're going to add a half a dozen more marbles in, but it looks like everyone else is here, and people are fired up. People are fired up for Mm -hmm. this one. It's a great way to end the week. Uh, We get the Tristan Rivers music, Marble's intro song. We get some wild and action and uh, a great prize for one of our loyal guests. To win, though, you got to be subscribed. So if you have not already, simply just hit the red subscribe button here on YouTube. And while you're at it, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done it already. Uh, All right, Remo, how are we doing?
2: Yeah, I'm going to end the poll here. Or and the uh, and the marble. So we have a lot of entries. The 151 people nice. are interested nice in, out. interested in going in. And then I'll also put in the other ones that you mentioned. Like uh, yes,
1: Us, Remus, Ken, us. Gary, Gary Lawless, Kenny Weeb,
2: hacksaw, oh, Ken.
1: yes, Packsaw, and rama Re- Should I put in as Read-O-Rama, his Twitter? Sure, put his in Read-a-rama. Twitter handle exactly at Read-O-Rama um free oleg here today i'm i free have. Oleg. well free oleg will be here when we play the the uh, tristan rivers video that's for sure when we go in but uh you let me know <laughs> mitch is there paramutual betting on the marble race if there was if there would be a way we'll have to work with the cool bet people as they maybe there's some new software we could pop in and everyone could throw down a throw down a buck or two on who will win the marble race with Riches awaiting them if they get get it right. um So yeah, we're gonna have 157 marbles in. This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be excellent. um You let me know when you're ready okay. to ready to roll. And I got uh,
2: 157
1: names on our uh, oh notepad. you know. Can you add one more in? Can sure. you add one more in? Sure. Showtime Sheed. Oh Showtime. We need. Thank you very much for Jay Miller for mentioning Sheed. And again, if you're just popping in, Bomber fans, well, really everyone, go watch yesterday's show. Rashid Bailey interview, he was our first guest. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I, I was only half joking. I mean, he, the passion that he has, I'd like to get him in the jet dressing room giving some pregame speeches before these games coming out of the All-Star break because that sort of passion and intensity is exactly what our hockey team needs um, to make it at least interesting going down the stretch. Um, That being said, you have passion, you have intensity for the marble race on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And I think it is just about ready to go down. Uh, Remo, you let me know when you're ready and uh, we can fire up Tristan and then get going with today's festivities with our prize, courtesy of our friends over at Canadian Club. Yeah, time to hit the theme song. Let's... Uh, shout out to Tristan, the uh, the muse of the Winnipeg digital sports community with his hit single, Marble Race, for us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, this is going to be awesome. We've got a ton of folks in here. We've got 157 marbles ready to drop. We've got a great Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club hoodie for our winner. And again, the uh, the six additional, like Remus, myself, and our four guests today, Those will all be, if we win, second place. Although I will say, if Showtime Sheed wins it, he's actually winning. He was that good, and we will send him the hoodie to Philadelphia. So uh, maybe, you know what? If Showtime Sheed wins, he's getting one, and second place is getting one. How about that? We'll, We'll go out on a limb. I mean, it's a 1 in 157 chance that he wins, but that would be quite awesome if he did. Uh, All right, where are we going? Is this the same one we did last week? I don't know if I've ever done this one. It's called the Robotic Roadway.
2: I've never heard of it, so
1: I think it's All right, well, everybody, thanks for another great week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks to everybody that entered. Thanks to everyone that's watching on YouTube. The Robotic Roadway, the marbles are loaded, and we are ready to go to finish up another week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Commissioner Remus, drop them.
2: All right, let's go. We got a lunch. Big, of... big
1: start for D train. Big start for D train. Okay, Looking lot... good quite early. Lots going on Dennis here. Herrera. Yeah, this is wild. All right, we've got a a fork in the road. We've got team people on the right. Oh, the Pianki Tonk man with a nice start. I see Chris Fadoon in there. Who oh. else is in the mix?
2: Oh, okay, we got dual layer marbles. Some of them are going down, some of them are going up here oh there we go they're going across this jump so a couple things oh
1: here we go Dennis Ferrera the D train in the mix tonk Tonkman into a big big funnel right now looks like uh, Adam that Adam wishishnowski Adam's in the lead right now uh Rob Somerville is right there oh there's Mike Wynn Mike's always there could this be a miracle start to the weekend for our friend Mike oh we just had a couple of eliminations. Didn't see who those were. Oh, we've had a number of eliminations here. This, this is where is... things are going to get a little a little hairy. What is happening here? So I guess some people have to make this big jump. Okay, this is an absolute slaughterhouse of marbles this right is... now. Who's going to make it across? We're waiting for somebody to get it over. Oh, uh, oh John D. John D has made it. Who else is in there? Tanner Beavis and John D. And is that D. Lowry? Is that Dave Lowry? No, Owen, Owen Lomoni. Oh, excuse me. Oh, EK Posty in the mix. Tanner Beavis, but the EK Posty is making a big, big run right now. Let's see who it's going to be. Oh, neither of them got through. More coming through. Oh my God, just an absolute. This is it. Colin Jensen is in the mix. Can, oh, he's got stopped a little bit. Colin, it looks like he is just about ready to win if he can get by this last one. And there it is. Colin Jensen survives. What was this called again? The robotic what?
2: Robotic Robotic roadway. This was out of control. The marbles were flying everywhere. I thought we were going to have one come over the top like last week, but we did not. Only a few survived that big jump, and it was Colin Jensen outlasting. It was Tanner Beavis and John D. I thought was going to take it. He didn't even finish top 10.
1: No, well, there was a number of obstacles that really held people back. Oh, here's Rita Rama. There's Elliot, T. Will. These guys are always in the chat. Great to see them doing it all. The Edler, uh, Mark. There's Dallas, Caitlin, Kabilis, Mike Wynn, Wallach, Russ Lowen. I mean, honestly, just finishing this race, um, you, know, you deserve a tip of the cap because there, was, um, there were some serious casualties on the way to the finish line. Camaro 928 and Todd Couturon are still waiting up at the top. I mean, at this point, you know, it's sort of a victory lap. Well, not as much a victory lap, but I, uh, you know what? You know, if you're last in the marathon, you can stunt a little bit on the way here. Let's see if the Camaro can make it down. He is in the mix. Is there any other? Oh, you see the fire coming up. It was just about to wait. Colin Jensen. Colin, way to go. Free Oleg for pipe to deal with Mr. Ryan Friesen. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Friesen's been a little... uh, Are we past his date of February 3rd to pay? Oh, yeah, it's February 4th, in fact. Mm -hmm. So there's now a bounty out on Ryan Friesen uh, here on this program. He has an invoice for $40, courtesy of our bet, whether the Chiefs would make the AFC Championship game. Uh, And I appreciate Oleg backing us up, getting ready for the muscle that we might need to do to, to go out to execute the collection on one Ryan Friesen. Um, how many people actually made it, made they, it through Reem?
2: Only half, 71, like less than half, 71 people finished. And here, I'll bring myself back on one sec. Uh, 71 people finished, and like ton of DNF. Uh, I yeah, saw like Gary was in the 90. Gary finished, he was in the 40s. Uh, Kenny's water bottle DNF, my mute button didn't finish. <laughs> Some of the names in here: Pianki, Man, who's looking good,
1: fell off. Hacksaw yeah. didn't finish. There he is. So Did not get it done. Kenny, Winnipeg, Walter, oh, Winnipeg, I Walters pumped though. His Bengals are going to the Super yeah. Bowl. He can handle an L. Remus, Remus and Hustler. We were two of the first yeah. guys to get She'd thrown over. Didn't Showtime. Sheed. Oh, there's Eric who like finished topped, but he finished like. Form... Four former winner. Yeah, yeah, he won and then was very close to winning again last week. That was incredible. Well, it was bound to, uh, bound to have happen Anyways, wow, what a great one. Colin Jensen, shout out to you my friend. Um hit us up, uh, let us know what size you are. I may have a size for you. Uh good to go right now and uh, if that's the case, we can get it to you this weekend. If we don't have your size, we'll get the uh, next shipment of our Canadian Club Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodies coming up in a week or so. And uh Huh? that'll be uh we'll get them out to you. Uh I'll tell you what, folks, this has been an awesome week. Um, hopefully the weekend will be fun. I don't know. Uh we'll see what happens. Skills competition tonight. Kyle Connor, fastest skater. Check that out. Should be worth uh worth tuning in for. Uh certainly curling fans gonna be all over it tonight. Fleury and Anderson both going at it. And uh, hopefully maybe we'll get an all Manitoba final with both of those two teams on Sunday. Uh, and we'll of course see whether the Gimli rink can win their third straight Canadian championship or Tracy Fleury and the East St. Paul rink can, uh, can get to the top of the mountain. They've been such a great team for the last year. They came so close at the Olympic trials um, either way an all Manitoba final. I think everyone would love that Uh huge thanks to all the guys that coming on the program today, Gary Lawless in Vegas, Ken Weep for joining us. Reed Carruthers for joining us from Thunder Bay. And of course, from sunny San Diego, California, the legend himself, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Uh, and a big thanks to all of our sponsors. Coolbet Canadian Club, Nick and Nicky DQ, BP, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Not Autocorp, Royal Sports. If you just tuned in, new exclusive Blue Bomber Championship hats just came into Royal. Dad hats, you'll love them. Check the uh, video earlier if you want to see exactly what they look like or just pop down and check them and get them at Royal at 750 Pemna Highway, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, and F Apparel uh remote been a great week a little slower with just the one hockey game but uh we're gonna get into a big monday show and then it is on with the jets and fans back in the building or at least more than 250 of them for that big game against the minnesota wild on tuesday
2: yeah the jets will be back tuesday so we'll have that we'll recap the all-star week uh, jeff hamilton will join us also um scott uh, wheeler from the athletic we have a pencil in. he's got his uh, his power rankings for uh, prospects. So he has ranked all the Jets prospects. Also CFL free agency. So there could be a lot of moves. We did have some moves today. Sounds like Jeremiah Masoli, Three down nation reporting. He's going to Ottawa. So they got a quarterback. And also William Powell as well. Running back going to Ottawa. So Ottawa was. Did they get struggled last year at quarterback? And it seems like they got they got their guy in Masoli. So I'm looking forward to seeing what other things happen. Especially with, with the
1: Bombers of course. Good for, uh, good for. Hey, oh, yeah, Colin. Yeah, you did support us and buy one. Um, I'll tell you what. Well, you know what? H- hit me up with the DM and we'll figure this out. There's a couple other things we might be able to have for you, including maybe we'll pop into the tickle trunk if you want some Canadian club as opposed to a WST Canadian club hoodie. That's going to do it for us, folks. We've got to get the pod loaded. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you Monday on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great one.
0: Oh, my God.